This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Oh, good for you! There's nothing for me here now. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Hey, what's this with our chicken, it's man? It's a spectacle. Light years ahead of its time. We'll do it live. I'm feeling about this. All right, there he is. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Good to, see, good to see you. I didn't didn't expect you tonight. And you as well. I don't think anybody did. <laughs> my gosh. Well, how, was the, how was my pat? Did you like my copy? I wrote that copy myself. I'm just exhausted. The, the <laughs> Uh, do you need an app? You all right? Should yeah, we... yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I've got the Aaron Cam set up. I'm gonna throw it over to you. Okay. Just, and just go with it. Just go with it. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah, doing okay. I just. I, oh every wait, time he I made see... it. He made it out, didn't he? He made it out. Jensen. Who didn't make it? Dak didn't make it. Yeah. Hobby is Hobby someone who made it? Hobby is still with me. Um, Probably not. No. Hobby. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, I think I, when we get our guest on, he would probably know. I, I bet he's chomping at the... Is it champing at the bit or chomping at the bit? It's chomping at the bit. All right. I heard champing. Uh, but that's because you like to shop at champs. Sporting goods. Yeah. Like this guy um, does sports. Like, <laughs> I do sports. Uh, I, you do, I, I do all the sports. <laughs> um, uh, and then there was a movie in the 80s called Chumps about okay. a dog, a robot dog. And the guy would go, Chomps, 42. And the dog would attack somebody in the groin or something like that. And it was like, aha, that's so funny. And then you watch it now and you're like, that's the dumbest thing ever. I hate it. I thought that was uh, Champs. That I must have seen the French version. You did? Le, Le Champs. I don't know. Le Champs. Sang de la vue. I don't know. I don't speak French. I don't know what I'm saying. That was actually pretty good. Did you, uh, did you catch our, uh, our Saturday morning show? It's for kids, but I'm just wondering if you happen to catch it. I, I missed it, uh, and I was very upset that I missed it because I was I, I like waking up Saturday mornings and then have a little coffee, maybe make myself a little oatmeal, and then watch your show. But I missed it this week. That's okay, because we did it on Sunday. Joke's on you. It's a Saturday show, but we actually did it on Sunday. But um... <laughs> hello? He froze on me. He froze on me. Uh, yeah, froze with anger. We were supposed to do it yesterday. Things did not pan out. Um, okay. Our little one, our little one is not feeling well, so we all Aww. loaded up the minivan and headed to uh, headed to the pediatrician today. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say to the vet. Was, yeah, close enough. But she's yeah. gonna be fine. She's gonna be good. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, summer colds going around. Yeah, and that's and, and, I, and that's everything that I read was that uh, this is the dad portion of the show. Everything that I yes. read is that. Uh, colds are hitting kids harder this year yeah because they've just had a year of masks and yeah you know double she has a double ear infection um yeah she's wiped out but yeah uh, it's our youngest one she's not really been out you know building her immune system in the last year and a half you know what i mean so that's on her man that's her fault yeah lazy just hanging out watching doc mcstuffins i mean Oh, really? It's the same plot over and over. You just change yeah. out the stuffed animals. It's like the same plot over and over again. 
Um, we got a big show tonight. We got a lot going on. We've got a big show. I say we just go right at what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. What's news? What do we got next? We got news. We got news. Well, at first I wanted to to mention though, yeah, we have our first ever uh, guest on Dad Wars um, who we'll bring on in just a little bit. He's going to give us the down low on uh, a primer on the High Republic, right? Because you and I, we don't really talk about the High Republic too much. I'm half no. I'm halfway through the first novel that's been sitting on my nightstand for six months at least, right? Yeah. Um, I, oh, well, I don't know if it's been six months. I've just agreed with you. Yeah. It's not like I go to your bedroom a lot <laughs> that you know of. I've said too much. <laughs> so like what do you pajamas. know? Well, what do you know about the, since we're going to be talking about the High Republic, what is, what is your understanding? What what have you? Uh, uh, it is some sort of a book. Okay. <laughs> and that's where it, it it's a lot. It's a lot more. It's first and foremost, yeah. I think it's a marketing blitz. And then I think it's uh, then you get the products like after like it it hits you from all sides and then uh, you uh, maybe you sink your teeth into some of it if it's good and hope it's good or that's what we're going to find out today with. uh, I I have to also say from a personal standpoint, I'm excited about our guest tonight because I've known this guy for quite a while. And I think if you put you and I combined, he still tops us as far as Star Wars fandom and knowledge goes. Yeah. Um, And he's a dad. So he's got perfect. two great kids, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to have him on. That's awesome. Just want to give a shout out to uh, our our buddies online now. Luis Salgado is on, and uh, Raymond is here. So um, nice. hopefully we'll get to hear from these guys soon. But also our feature, we're going to hit some news items. Nothing crazy in the news. Lots of, of course, constant speculation. See a lot of uh, YouTubers with thumbnails that uh, says uh, the splash pages big news big news like you know leaks and that i avoid anything that says leaks yeah big news take it with a grain of salt it's never big news but i know our feature tonight we're going to be talking about the uh work of uh jonathan rinsler jw rinsler who passed away recently way too soon um so i dug i dug this out we i told you i'm like i don't know if i have any rinsler books I have a Rinsler book right here. There you go. There it is. This is the Star Wars. We'll dig yeah. into that. But this is uh, this is something he's 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 touched everybody in in fandom, whether they realize it or not. Well, the it's the book that I was just looking at, which is the about the Indiana oh. Jones movies. He did that as well. My um, gosh. And it's just it's you know, Raiders is my favorite movie, and yeah, uh, and this is just it's very. The detail uh, in this, I mean, a, a good portion of it covers Raiders, and then it breaks down the the other two movies. There are <laughs> um, <laughs> in a smaller. Oh chapters. man, that took me a second. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I see now with this lighting, this. I feel like it's looking a little bit like uh, a news camera. It's great. It's like you're on location. You're a roving reporter. And- Northern California yeah. covering all the uh, you're closer to uh, the ranch than any anyone else in our circle. That's true. So that's why we have you out there. All right. Um, let's see. Let's jump into some news. How about it? Do it. Hit me with some news. All right.
There Dude, you go. That was amazing. Oh, that's, and that's what I worked on all uh, all week all weekend. That was amazing. No. Oh my gosh. I did that. I did that like uh, an hour before um, I met up with uh, Brock for some pre-show stuff. But yeah, <laughs> I was that like, was, I've got to have something's got to come together here. I need. We need to have a newsbreaker. Uh, but those for those listening on the podcast, they'll just hear a little piece of uh, copywritten Johnny Johnny Will's music, right? Yeah, Johnny so, Will's. So Aaron, we love Taika Waititi. Oh yeah, I know we yeah. in America say Waititi, but I think uh, Kiwis say Waititi. And in in the um, Star Wars galaxy, it's Taika Utini. So it kind of all <laughs> that was that was a horrible joke. I'm embarrassed for myself. No, no, we're dads. We get a pass. We get a pass on all that stuff. All right. So he's talking a little bit more. We're getting a little more info, right? Getting little nuggets, little uh, little um, what do you call them? Crumbs, breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. So uh, Taika Waititi says his Star Wars story is very me. Is that good news? Do you, that's good news, right? We like. I who, think we like who he is. Yeah, his sensibilities. I, I, I think the the little bit of chatter that I have seen about that is people are, are already saying um, that. <laughs> That nothing's even been done. He hasn't even written a script yet, but they're already saying like, "Oh, he's going to be let go from the project because Lucasfilm doesn't like anybody to deviate because of Lord and Miller and blah 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 or whatever." Um, I think this is a rare instance where you you hire this guy because you absolutely one hundred percent want his voice, you want his imprint. Yeah. So that's why you, you bring know. him along, and I think he's got, uh, I think he's got the cachet, he's got the weight, the clout of. Uh, Filoni and uh, Fabs mm -hmm. behind him because he's yeah. he's been he's been pretty involved in uh, the Mandalorian series and that series right. is a wild success, right? Yeah, even pulling in brand new Star Wars fans. Yeah, we're not talking young fans. We're talking like mother in laws are watching this show. Yeah, <laughs> that, which is a demographic they've been going after. Since Attack of the Clones, and, that uh, they try, they try to get them in with that, uh, the romance yeah. out in the. Field you know, what mother-in-laws love clones. <laughs> you know what they love more than that? Attacking them. We got them. <laughs> nope. So they finally clinched uh, the yeah that that demographic with the Mandalorian series, but he's he's uh, he's involved. He's been involved. In that he's in the he's in like the inner circle. Everybody yeah. loves this guy. So, but listen, this is this is kind of disheartening. Uh, Late 2025 is when we we're gonna. That's when this film's gonna be released. Okay, doesn't mean he's he's isn't already thinking about it. He told Wire during an interview, "It's still in the exterior space stage of the script." Yeah, he's just really messing with us, isn't he? He's just really he's totally. He's come just, on, yeah. man. But but also, I think it's a situation where they're like, we don't really have a lot to report right now. Let's <clears throat> let's bring Taika in. Let's what, yeah. what do you got going on, Taika? He's even said he, he all he has right now is exterior space. That's his script so far. Wow. So all right. So anyway, he said it's really it's uh, he's excited. It feels very me. So that's just whatever is in his head. Maybe he's written a treatment. He's he's got something cooking, but. I'm sure he's got a story. I'm sure he's yeah. got it all outlined and everything, but <laughs> he just he just hasn't written it yet, which is the thing. So, all right, Taika, we'll check back in with you closer to 2025. 
Let me put it in my iCal. So you sent this my way, and this kind of ties in with, with what they were just saying about that. Remember that huge 2020 shareholders meeting that just mm-hmm. blew up the internet for a week or two, right? I loved that. All that all that hype coming down the line. Yeah. So there's a Disney Plus day. Did you know there was a Disney Plus day? I didn't. I've, is this a first? Nope. I've never heard of this before. So this is after yeah. the DCs, their, you know, all their... DC superhero properties and stuff uh, gets the fandom. Um, so Disney Plus Day is going to happen. So they're they're uh, it's an event that promises to reveal about re- reveal more about what's on the way. Um, I wonder if I wonder if on that day they'll do some sort of a surprise dump like oh and by the way if you go to Disney Plus now you can watch. You know. Oh, you mean just yeah? Here it is. By the do way, do like a U two iPod thing where they're just like, boom, here's <laughs> everyone. Reach into your pockets. You have yeah some Mantel mix in your pocket. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Stale popcorn. <laughs> what? Yeah, if you look under your chairs, but I'm at home on a couch. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. Matter. You know, I just I need to stop for a second because I said yeah. a thing a little while ago. About uh, um, wampas, two wampas. On about two wampas, and I that was I I that was it was so out of left field, and I apologize to the listeners slash viewers. Um, I wish I had three wampas. I wish <laughs> I had three on my shelf, not two. Just because so self indulgent. It's so self indulgent. Who would two, do? Two, who? Three is bold. <laughs> three is bold. Two, two can come across as yeah. I think three is the way to go. So anyway, I'm sorry. I know it's I'm rambling. I just these are things I think of during the during the weekend when I'm uh, alone. Love it. Love it. When is Patty Jenkins movie supposed to come out? Do we know that? Uh, I thought that was for some reason, I thought um, that was like a 2023 or 24. Yeah. Mm. Not sure. Crazy. Um, So, yeah. So expect on November 12th. There's, we're getting we're getting some it's going to be some Star Wars hype for sure. It looks like there's going to be some Marvel hype, speculation yeah. about a Miss Marvel show and a She-Hulk show. I'd be curious to see the She-Hulk show. I'm going to say we're going to get a Kenobi trailer. Okay, yeah, that times out about right. Probably an Andor trailer. Yeah, and uh, some more information on Mandalorian season three. Yep. Um, uh huh. Yeah, that's all later. Like. By this, by November twelfth, we should have everything we need going into Book of Boba Fett, right? We should already know what we need to know. We don't. Is there going to be another? In November twelfth, we're getting it a month later. I don't think. Yeah. Unless they're going to show us like here's the first five minutes of an episode, which I hope they don't do. I don't think they will, but. Yeah, so, it yeah. seem like they're. they're right yeah. All right. So, um, thought of you here, as well. Hmm. Rogue One trends on Twitter as fans celebrate Star Wars movie. Do you know why it trended? You know, this thing happens at like every three weeks. <laughs> every three People weeks, realize on Twitter, I'm like, wait, Rogue One, did, one of, <laughs> did they all die? What happened? Oh, actually, it's, then... it's five years old now. Oh, yeah? It's five. Is that, is that even possible? It was well, released five? in 2016. So uh, yeah. on its fifth anniversary, Star Wars fans were talking about it enough that the movie started trending again. People love Rogue One. And I think they're going to love that Andor show too. You love Rogue One. It is. And it it loves you. I would say it's in my top five. This is the way. Of all time. Top top five. Did you say movies? Star Wars movies. Okay. 
Yeah. And I, and I, it's funny cause I don't put like, I have a top 10 movies, but I don't, I don't have star Wars in there and any of there, because for some reason those are just kind of like, <laughs> they're their own thing. Yeah. For me, which I, is weird, but I know exactly but, what you're talking about. Yeah. But for me, my, my number one movie is a franchise movie and it's, you know, sort of tied in with that universe. Yeah. Sort of. So of, not really. Everything we know about Andor Disney Plus Rogue One prequel, despite its release five years ago, which I still can't believe. Um, yeah. With the Last Jedi and the okay, Rogue One is arguably the most celebrated Star Wars film in the Disney era. Would you agree with that, Aaron? I would say that's the one that seems to uh, get the less a uh, di division of fans. There seem to be more that enjoy it than don't enjoy it. I do see a few people online that will put it towards the bottom of their top 11 Star Wars movies. But uh, these are also um, <laughs> idiots. So <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to be negative. You're being too kind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but what, what can you do? All right. So let's oh. see. Bloop. All right. And um, just one or two more little nuggets here not there's not much news that's not just sheer speculation and or leaks so yeah, we'll yeah. stay away from that um so yeah casting live action sabine wren for star wars ahsoka show this is something that people have been talking about for a while now including yeah. yours truly that's me um seeing ahsoka getting her own show and seeing the last time we saw ahsoka in rebels was with sabine going to look for Ezra, so it seems inevitable that we're going to first see Ezra live action and we'll see Sabine, which I'm very excited about. I know you are yeah. too. Yeah. Are you excited to see a live action chopper? Is that what you're holding out for? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yes. All right. I knew it. We've already, we already have seen a live action chopper. We, we have. Oh, he was in Rogue One. Which apparently is five years old. Look at how it all just like it's all. I love it's, when it's tied together. I love it when it's it all. It's crazy. And, and you know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna up that statement. Actually, I'm okay. gonna up it. I'm gonna say four wampas. I want four wampas on my shelf, and I'll tell you why. Because you've got two is kind of whatever. Three is bold, but four wampas is a thing that says I am here. Listen to what I have to say. Believe in me. True fan. You know what I mean? True Star Wars yeah, fan. Yeah, true, true fan has four wampas. Now, would you have them all the same scale, or would you get them at different sizes just to kind of mess with the fans? Well, to say to... the no two wampas look alike, that's racist. So I think to say that uh, you want you want a variety, you want a Benetton ad of wampas is what you want to have. Show so. that to Kanja Club. All right. There you go. So, yeah, and this is... Uh, they're actively casting a live-action Sabine Wren for the upcoming Ahsoka show, leading to widespread speculation as to who should play the fan-favorite Star Wars Rebels character. Earlier mm -hmm. rumors held that Sabine would make her live-action debut in The Mandalorian Season 2, played by Sasha Banks, but that turned out to be false as Banks played a different character. I remember when that was going around. I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. That, that, so I think it's going to be Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, one I mean, of the Sashas. I mean, you got you want a connection. What's the term? Tone poem? Sasha, Sasha. There you go. Love it. Yeah. Well, oh, tone or poem. Or Melissa McCarthy. Parallels. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. She would she would kill it. <laughs> in that role. Well, they brought uh, Amy Sedaris in, and she's kind of a comic actress. So I think that's I think when she was such a big hit, that character yeah. was such a big hit in Mando that they're going to just start casting. Comedic, Fun fact about her actress. role in that. Okay, give it she to me. she showed up uh, from an alien convention in complete Ripley cosplay, and they said, "There's your costume." Done. <laughs> that was it. I thought she I looked mean, familiar. That was yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, there was an alien convention in Burbank, and um, she, she she went. She cosplays every year, and uh, luckily she didn't come in um, in in the loader costume because that would have been weird. But uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I think one year she went as Apone from Aliens. That's she her jam. She and, loves Amy Sedaris. Loves. Aliens, alien, she, aliens. She the the whole quadrology, which may not be the actual term. Uh, yeah, I, don't, uh, I think it's what it says in the Blu-ray. Okay, we'll, just look we'll over your shoulder there. Reach. Yeah. So uh, let us know, anybody, uh, if you who you have who you would have in mind to be Sabine Wren. And um, another thing, I always think about when these just these amazing characters come to life on live action big and small mm-hmm. screen and their voices are in our heads because we've been listening to them for seasons and after seasons and when they don't when the voice actors don't make the cut or they don't make it over to live action what do you think they feel and do you feel bad for them um ashley Eckstein. well I, I don't feel no i don't and i'll tell you why uh because the the live action version that we're seeing of ahsoka is much older and I think Ashley Eckstein has a very youthful vibrance to her. Yeah. That I, that I don't know. I don't know her as an actress, but as a voice actress, I think she's fantastic. Uh, and she was able to do that with her voice in the Clone Wars and in Rebels. But I think Rosario Dawson brings this sort of kind of almost a weariness, this kind of solemn she's, she's, solemnness. This yeah, she's she's seen much stuff, older. You know? She's seen she's seen it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So, but some feel, I mean, we see, uh, we see that, um, Thrawn is, is a direct translation. He's coming over Lars, right? Uh, I, I don't think, has it been a hundred percent confirmed or is it just, then again, I don't think it right. has I been. cannot, I'm sorry. I'm spreading misinformation. Uh, the big well, I, lie. I almost, That's, isn't that what I they're talking about? The news, the big lie. That's that Lars Mickelson yeah. has been cast. Whenever you I hear almost that, referred like, to you as another YouTuber uh, who's notorious for doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, God, I want him to do it so bad because his voice is such an imprint on that character. As far as I'm concerned, I can't read a Thrawn book or a comic yeah. without hearing him now. He's just so... Well, do you and want- what's crazy is I never thought of that before until he did it. And it was just like, oh, yeah, that's how he should sound. So Yeah, I don't think I had a voice in mind for him when I... Well, this was back when yeah the original Thrawn trilogy I don't think I was yeah making up casting voices back then really that's disappointing just my wimpy little voice 30 years <laughs> 30 years previous to this if you can we're imagine we're gonna catch the rebels <laughs> we're gonna get it doc are you telling me you built a time machine Marty out of the Millennium Falcon <laughs> all right um and there's one more thing that I wanted to cover that we just can or we don't have to. 
Do you have any interest in this uh, the Star Wars VR that's that's out? It's out, and I haven't had any friends experience it or talk about it. And I'm curious. I'd almost be willing to get a VR set, Oculus, so I could try out this um, VR Star Wars. It looks fantastic. I I know nothing of it. Um, yeah. So let me tell know. you, Aaron. Yeah. It's a it's a. Available on Oculus Quest, the latest VR game from Lucasfilm's award-winning immersive entertainment studio returns players to Batuu, where they'll forge unexpected alliances and face deadly enemies. So is this just like hanging out at, at Galaxy's Edge? I think so. And you can do that for $6,000. You can stay at this hotel apparently next year and go to Galaxy's Edge for 6000 I mean, that sounds much cheaper than VR. I, I may not know how money works. Let me uh, just yeah. preface with that. <laughs> did you know? Uh, did you know that Universal Studios, when they when the price pricing was released for the Starship Star Cru- mm-hmm. Galactic Star Cruiser, they simply tweeted, "Do you know how many churros you can buy with that amount of money?" That's all they. <laughs> 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 like wow. their official Twitter feed, Universal Studios. Do you know how many Shots churros fired. you can buy with that? Yeah. It is good for you. <laughs> <laughs> you get them universal with your hurting bankroll. What? So um, I just thought maybe yeah. we could just quickly watch this trailer and check out, see how they're, uh, see what the character models look like, see what music they're using for this. What do you think? Uh, how long's the trailer? 70 minutes. Okay. I got to go get milk. It's 47 minutes. <laughs> Hang on. Let's see. Is it really 47 minutes? It's 47 seconds. Oh, okay. I was going to be like, dude. Sorry. Dude, I got a lot of tables. It's, exactly. It's the uh, cable guy line. Yeah. Can I get some utensils? There were no utensils in MIDI limes thus. But, there are no utensils here. But there was Pepsi? Dude, I got a lot of tables. <laughs> All right, let's play this. Hey, kid, question for you. How are you with top secret stuff? I find myself in need of a pair of capable hands. Hands that will be... Well, We're not partners, but I'm going to need your help. You should know. There's no sense in hiding at this point. Okay. Huh. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Seems kind of interesting. Yeah. Even just you to hang I, out hang out you with know what that I didn't uh, see in that trailer though? With the hammerhead. What you did not see? Yeah. Um Wampas. Yeah, not here a we single go. Wampa. It's <laughs> kind of disappointing. Oh, uh Ray said, "Did you see they renamed Boba's ship?" Oh, oh, they named it the Fire Spray? Wait, the Fire Spray, that is that's already a name in Star Wars uh lore. I think so, yeah. Ray, you're confusing us here. Um Podcasting's Brock says, well, technically they actually just removed the name from Boba's ship. I know it's Boba Fett's Starship for Lego. And my theory again is that there's some uh fire spray is the type of ship. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, fire spray is something that I dealt with in my early 30s, and I am much better now. And thank you, doctors. 
<laughs> Sorry. Come on, New Zealand, try something new. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get out of this news, shall we? I don't. I didn't make a bumper to get us out of the news. Do you want me to? Can uh, I play the news bumper again for you? Do you want to see it one more time, or save it for next week? Save it for next week. Let's save it. Let's keep them wanting more. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, and I think I'm in focus. Unless I get right there, and I'm not. I have no time. idea if I'm in focus or not. I can't tell. So cool. Yes. Um, where I wonder where they name. Where was that officially named? Because I yeah, it's like the fire fire spray class ship. But I haven't seen that in any literature. Maybe Lego got complaints. I don't know. I mean, yeah, we all heard them. Yeah, on the internets. Who, all right. Who who is they, Ray? Can you? <laughs> <laughs> who is his who neighbor? Is they, his Ray, neighbors. Can you say? Dad Wars hosted by Doctor Seuss. His his neighbors and all right. <laughs> hey Ray, I just renamed Boba Ship. Have a good night. We're going to Popeyes. All right, Ray. Ray is the man. He just threw us a link. So let's let's head back, shall we? Wait, no. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm going back to the article Ray just sent. And then we're going to bring our special guest in. All right. So here's the word. What's the word? What is the word? Ah, the Polynesian spa. I heard he had a Polynesian spa put in the fire spray. Uh, Boba Fett's ship, Slave One, has a new name. Oh, the War of the Bounty Hunters comic. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, as a comic <laughs> event, War of the Bounty Hunters continues to shake up the established canon. I think they're up to like 15 issues or something right now. It's going to be the most significant change for the Star Wars galaxy. Although the ship was never named in the films, fans have known Boba Fett's ship as Slave One since the original Kenner toy. Uh, last month, it was speculated whether Lucasfilm and Disney are currently moving away from Slave One as a name for Boba Fett's vessel. At the time, such theories were based on the merchandising as Lego had unveiled a Slave One set labeled Boba Fett Starship, omitting its official name, which really set some people on fire. Spray. However, some fans pointed out that this is co common and many Star Wars Lego sets have been referred to as simply belonging to various characters. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Where's the name? Okay, in the new preview for upcoming War of Bounty Hunters, variant covers illustrated by s this great, talented artist. Bounty Hunters are positioned beside their signature ships, although each Bounty Hunter's vehicle is referred to by its traditional name in a press release. Boba Fett's slave one is called Fire Spray. Yeah, that's just the schematics. Yeah. No, I don't think they have renamed it. Yeah, so it's probably yeah, it's just showing that it's it's like a fire a, spray class ship. Um yeah. but they might it wouldn't be a bad name. No. It would not it would it's kinda cool. And it's not offensive. And that's what counts. Well, I'm sure somebody out there will be like, That's that's a term you use for a blah buddy blah, and you can't say that now. It's, could be, could be. Know. Or it's yeah. not accurate. Can you spray fire? Yeah. You certainly did in Personally? the 90s. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh my God, did I? That was, uh, uh, I, bur I burned down many an apartment accidentally. <laughs> All right, so um, we uh, wanted to bring in a special guest to help us um, cover 
the remembrance of um, J.W. Rinsler, who passed away. Um, you thought of our, our guest right away because he's probably the most well-read Star Wars fan that we know, mm-hmm. having read dozens and dozens he's, of he's Star Wars read, novels. He's more than five. More than five books. That's more than... It's more. That's a lot more Star Wars than a lot of people can handle. I think so. Yeah, that is respectable. So, um, do you want to do you want to lead us in? Give us so, a talk up. Who do we have here? Who do you have? So this is a gentleman I've known him. Uh, gosh, uh, maybe. Uh, wow, since maybe two thousand and eight, six, seven, <laughs> somewhere in that area. So I, I've known him for uh, for a while now, and um, how we met is an interesting tale. How we remained in contact and friends for years, having never been in the same room except for once, and then we finally met up after many many years, just emails and phone calls and texts. Um, I was in Chicago, and we had lunch, uh, and then I saw him one more time after that at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, I talk to him all the time. He's, he's, he's a great friend. He's a great guy. Uh, this is Podcasting's Brock. Let's bring in Podcasting's Brock. For those of us listening only in Apple Podcasts, uh, there, <laughs> Brock has amassed a impressive collection of wampas. So um, the idea is that I have four wampas because the first one, this is the vintage Kenner wampa that we all had as a kid, right, with the awesome box. Nice. This, so this is the one that came out when they released the special edition, uh, I believe. Or actually, no, I stand corrected. Before the special edition, because this is the one from the special edition. It's rubbery, and it comes with a really cool Luke Skywalker with an ice cave. You can hang him upside down. He's over there, and I had to pull off the hilt. So like uh, this, this is the blades, so the hilt's only there. And this one just came out this year. This is actually the second six-inch version of the Wampa that came out for the Black series. The original version had the gore that the special edition added in. This one is the new one that came out, I'd say, last May, maybe already now. <laughs> and um, for the for the 40th anniversary of of The Empire Strikes Back. So I I uh, wow. I have four wampas because of that. I have about <laughs> 700 action figures on display over here. You can't see them off camera. Um, I haven't really counted them, but I'm guessing it's around 700. Um, and for those who wonder. The majority of my collection is loose. I like to have them on the shelf versus in packages, but there are some that are still in the thing. Like this one here I have over here. This is from Celebration 3. This is the Darth Vader talking James Earl Jones one. You take this out of the package, it kind of loses the reason to have it, right? And it actually talks. Oh, wow. So you can tell Darth Vader has aged a little bit in the armor because this is recorded in, in yeah. 2005. It also does it also does the whole monologue about baseball from Field of Dreams, which I was is a weird make, choice. Oh, I was going to say the same joke because that game this week when we're recording this, they must have played that clip like what a thousand times of the baseball clip, and every time yeah. you go to a baseball stadium, they play it. I, yeah, yeah, I heard about it. I wasn't looking for it, and still found its way into my. Psyche. Costner looked a little like. Um, the uh, like that um, Travolta meme of him kind of looking around from Pulp Fiction. That's what it looked a little bit like. Oh, geez. Um, so I yeah, I'm glad I set up the Brock cam because he's showing us all this stuff. So I, I I had to pull him full screen. Brock, apologies 
when you first came on, I didn't have the audios channel set, but thankfully our fans and my lovely wife um, gave us gave me a thumbs or gave me a a tap on the shoulder really quickly. So your your audio is sounding great. What what I can't hear you. Oh, no. what, would you say? what? So I'm sorry, not, not a word, not a word. So we're just gonna take we're gonna have to take the show from the top. Okay, we'll go through all the intros, what part, the news. What parts did I come in on? What did they hear me say? Um. We were just talking about wampas, but you were you were. You know what I would like on my shelf? I wish I had on my shelf a wampa. <laughs> do you want to go back that far? How far back do you want to go? No, yeah. we're good. Let's just keep did rolling. We, did, this did is everyone, great. Did everyone hear what I was talking about? Yeah. The, the podcast, Star Wars Action News, been on the air since since two thousand and five. I, I would like book reviews and all that kind of stuff. I want to, Brock. Let me ask you how. So Raymond and I had a podcast. I mentioned to you when you and I were just getting acquainted via text. You said, believe it or not, 2005, and I said, I do believe you because Ray and I had Rushmore Academy film review, um, and we lasted two episodes, and we drank heavily, and we didn't take it seriously, and then I moved away, and we never did it again, but you yeah. stuck with it. Uh, what inspired you? What turned you on to the technology of podcasting and, and to go to, to to roll with Star Wars, like right out of the gate? How did this happen? Okay. How did this happen? Uh, I can't take credit for that. That's Arnie okay. and Marjorie Carvalho who founded the show. Um, okay. I was on the I was on the forums. I found them pretty early on, and um, we got to talking, and uh, we had a mutual love of the Star Wars books, and so uh, we became friends through the forums. Which kids, be careful befriending people on the internet. Just be <laughs> careful. Um, but this actually worked out, and then that. when um, when we started doing more and more books, I. Um, told them, you know, we can contact the publisher, perhaps we can get the authors on the air. And so we started doing that. And so Arnie and I got involved in that. I got more involved in the Star Wars show about 2007, and I was became on-air talent, I guess you can call it. I started uh -huh. editing the show. I started producing, associate producing the show there, too. And then they moved me over to the sister show, which has taken off like wildfire, uh, called Now Playing, which is our movie review podcast for Venganza Media. So uh, that's one of the biggest amateur shows on iTunes and we've been they've been doing that since 2007 at the current format 2009 that's a whole different conversation but they did yeah. uh, review the Star Wars shows on there when the uh, sequel trilogy came out so um okay. anyway I digress the point I'm trying to make is uh all the credit goes to them they got me involved I was inspired I got a headset recorded recording and over the years we got better technology they kept these shows going week after week um, I come on and do the stuff. You can hear me on every single now playing show because I'm the announcer on there. Um, but because I have two kids, because I'm a dad, yes. right? As dad wars, right? Yes. Uh, which is that which which I understand was the prerequisite for being on the show. <laughs> I had to have kids, so I bought yeah. them from China. Uh, and then we, um, <laughs> good man. Thank you. Yeah. And then um, I got promoted at work. Um, gosh, it's been a while now, but I, I had to back off a little bit on being from being on air and be more behind the scenes. But the Star Wars show. As new books come out, I do the reviews. A lot of them are on YouTube. You can check it out at the Star Wars Action News YouTube channel. You can check out the archives at SWActionNews.com. You can hear old a lot of my old reviews. Um, I say old because you know the books came out. We've been reviewing them since 2007. Yeah. And this is and and we did interview um, J.W. Rinsler when the making of Star Wars came out in 2007, and we reviewed all three books. Um, and the way the book reviews would work is I would read the book, Arnie would read the book, and I would give questions and he would have questions. Then he and I would go back and forth on what kind of questions we want to ask. And we've had authors, and some of these authors aren't going to mean anything to you, like Troy Denning, Aaron Alston, Timothy Zahn, all the old EU 
um, legend, now legends, authors, a lot of them came on the show and they loved us because they could tell by the questions we were asking, we read the book. I don't know how many times they go on interviews and they don't read the book. Yeah. Um, uh, I, John Jackson Miller, um, who wrote the Kenobi novel, I saw him at Celebration in 2019. And um, I told him the story to his face that he gave me the biggest compliment in the world. The story was that the, the host, Arnie, when he interviewed him, told me that um, he gave my review to his mother. His mother wasn't going to read the Kenobi book. And after, after hearing my <laughs> review, the mother said, I'm going to read this book. And I told <laughs> and I told Rinsler the story to his face. I mean, he gave me the biggest compliment I ever had in my life. And he signed my book. He sat back. There was a long line of people waiting to talk to him. And he recounted the entire story. He remembered it. It was unbelievable. It blew my mind. It was wow. like four or five, six years before that. And so I was just like a like a little kid when I heard that. Um, that was uh, that was the book too. That I I remember I was at the airport going somewhere and I said I, I what what's a Star Wars book I should get? You're like uh, do they have Kenobi? I'm like yeah. I said get Kenobi. Oh, yeah. And picked it up and tore through that thing on vacation. It was so good. You sent me a picture of you on the beach uh, with the cover, which yeah. I forwarded to um, to John Jackson Miller through his Facebook. Wow. Yeah, totally. Oh, or it's Twitter or something like that. Like, I got it to him and he, he reacted to it, but that was like years ago now. That explains uh, uh, the the lawsuit then. Yeah. I didn't know. I don't know why he is. There, is the restraining order still? Is, is there an expiration date on restraining orders? I thought I, was... I can know. I cannot confirm nor deny anything. We should better ask Kanja Club, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so guys, this like Ego, this is Stranger Things crossover with Star Wars. What is this? So Raymond sent that, and he said uh, he wanted us to <laughs> see how he displays his Wampa figures. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. That I is have a puppet slick. Yoda from The Empire Strikes Back. That one that's just like you put your hand. It's not even like a real puppet. It's like, um, you know yeah, what I'm talking about? It, it moves like this, right? That's it moves all. like this. It's it's in the other room now because I, I'm painting. Um, and... Um, and I put that in the refrigerator um, when I was growing up, and just to freak my mom out, you know, she opened the door and she's like, ah! it was the best. The best. Uh, question for you, Brock. So you so, you've been with Star Wars Action News since 2005, did you say? Uh, I started on air in 2006. I was on the forums with them in 2005, okay. but I, my first on air appearance was with the Star Wars Action News book club. And uh, funny story there, we were they were recording the first episode of that was the Star Wars novel that was ghostwritten by Alan Dean Foster. Mm -hmm. And I was on my honeymoon. So I had to send in a recording of my opinion because I couldn't be on the roundtable discussion. And I started on the roundtable discussion the following episode, which was, anyone know the second Star Wars novel ever written by chance? Uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. You are correct, sir. Give that man well played. a cookie cookie. Well done. A wampa. <laughs> a wampa cookie, yeah. I don't know. That's a little... No, that's cold. That's cold. That's, so anyway, we... Um, yeah, so that's it was really great, and then I um, got on the main show after that and started editing the show and producing, associate producing the show with them for a while. And um, honestly, it's a really great show. They know their stuff, and then we talked to Hasbro. We're on the Q and A's with Hasbro. Oh, nice. Um, they still do that um, whenever they have uh, Hasbro does that. Arnie's on there asking these great questions, and um, and the greatest thing about this entire podcasting thing, and Arnie and Marjorie will say this as well, is the people you meet. Um, because they've been going to every convention, right? And they, we have coverage of every convention, you know, since they've had the show. And they do Toy Fair. They fly out to New York and do Toy Fair. And they're involved. And so they've made relationships with people at Sideshow or made relationships with people at Hasbro and all the other companies that make stuff. 
and we've had the, the authors in Delray has been great to us over the years. And so we're very thankful for the relationships that we have forged. And but we have met so many great people and we've become friends with the people from the forums and from the book clubs or then fr and then from listeners of the show. And we meet them at the at the conventions. And I didn't go to a lot of conventions because I have kids. Again, that's why I'm on Dad Wars. I have kids. And <laughs> I can't travel as much as other people can. So when I was able to meet some of them at the Chicago one, because I'm here in Chicago now, or in a celebration, I got to meet some of these fans that have been listening to me and listening to the show for years. And I'll tell you a quick story about that. It was really great. I was at Wizard World Chicago, which is now just, they just announced that's no longer going to be a thing. Oh, wow. Uh, Wizard World's closing down. Yeah. And um, I was buying a... Kyle Katarn, I believe, uh, action figure. The only Kyle, he's a video game character from mm -hmm. uh, Dark Forces, mm -hmm. and I didn't have that one. I missed that one, and so I was haggling with the guy, you uh -huh. know, politely, you know, uh, for the figure. And a guy next to me says, "Oh my God, it's Brock!" He recognized me by my voice. Oh my God! Because he had no idea what I looked like, and it was the biggest compliment. One of again, one of the biggest compliments you could possibly get. Because, That's awesome. You know, because I talk like this and realize we actually got a couple of feedback year, uh, years ago on Now Playing. Like this, this Brock guy thinks he's a radio announcer. He thinks he talks all cool. And this is how I talk. This is, what I, talk. This is what I sound like. <laughs> have much, you, to, have, much to Aaron's chagrin. Have you ever thought about doing a non-Star Wars podcast? Would you ever uh, do something like that? Uh, What's that? I mean, I, what I, I, I've that? been talking too much. I should just digress. Um, yeah, so Aaron and I did a show together called But I Digress from 2010 through 2012 which was a the conversational tangential the tangential conversational podcast and we talked about everything from snowblowers to peanut butter on bagels to anesthesiologists whatever that whatever the copy was yeah. and he and I and Kathleen our friend Kathleen uh kind of on the show and then um when Aaron couldn't make it we had Subram my friend Adam and then once in a while there's the four but it was the three of us maybe with Kathleen I don't know the point is mostly it's the three of us three of us at a time and you know, in the in the in the in the vein of a lot of podcasts nowadays that have like three white people talking on a on a podcast. It's so irreverent. Um, yeah, it's amazing. But we did it in 2010 <laughs> to 2012. We did it way before a lot of other podcasts. Back when I had to go to parties, I was going to barbecues, and people are like, "What's a podcast?" And now if mm -hmm. I go to a barbecue and say I have a podcast, they're like, "Yeah, you and everybody else, brother." Yeah. So yeah, you know. So, hmm. um, what do you think about this live stream live stream thing? That's started with twi Twitch and now is kind of uh, making its way across channels and into our basements. Well, um, I have some notes for you. I'm um, sure, so... I'm sure. <laughs> Here we go. Buckle in. Um, I, I think um, I think live stream is wonderful. I think um, the best thing about live stream is you don't have to edit. I think anyone who does podcasting knows that it can be a bear. If you have one hour of recording, it takes like three to four hours to, re to edit that down mm -hmm. if you do it right. Um, as equipment has gotten better over the years, editing's become easier. Um, not just because we know how to edit better, but my voice quality is better with a better microphone versus what I originally started with, right? Yeah. Um, but I think live streaming is good. I, I think um, the best live streams, you know, do have um, agendas and have points and like, you know, point A, point E. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I honestly don't watch a ton of live streams because I don't have the ability to sit here and watch a live stream all the time. I do, I'm thankful that they're recorded. Yeah, um, yeah. We've, we've done quite a few live streams um, during the pandemic. We did Now Playing, we did the hosts, we watched a movie with the, um, we hosted a movie and our fans would watch with us and they would comment and we would watch and make fun of the movie, kind of like MST3K, more or less. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. 
But I picked like my movie was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because I thought it was a really fun movie everyone's seen. So you don't have to really pay attention to the dialogue because we all know the movie. Right. So you can point out stuff. Yeah. But we did Friday the 13th Part 8 and that kind of stuff with our fans. And we did Captain America First Avenger all during the pandemic to stay connected with our fans because everyone was home. And that's why I think this live stream has taken off is because so many of us were in front of our computers doing the Zooms and the WebExes and all that. Yeah. That I think I think that really has changed the game. Uh, yeah. I think what you guys are doing here is really fun. Um, I love that you can bring in live elements in the in the um, the videos and and you instantly have the web pages come up. There's a lot of great stuff you are able to do that we can't do uh, unless we enhance the podcast afterwards, right? We have to put photos in afterwards, right? Unless we do a live stream. So that's the difference between having a podcast that's then put on YouTube with video elements, um, and then we we do have video elements. We do have video interviews with people, and we actually put that on the YouTube channel. But what you guys are doing is the next version yeah i'd say for me it was out of i've always wanted to do content for myself i'm always i'm an editor animator video professional and i've always created content for other people and had rare moments in my life where i've been able to actually sit down and plan and, and execute and and then post something but it's always been once twice a decade kind of uh turnarounds like where i've had the time and i have three kids and I have so many uh, obligations and, and things. But then this live stream thing, the light bulb went on with me as I was telling you earlier. I'm watching these guys that are just hitting play or hitting, you know, go live. And they are creating the content as they go. And um, people are, are engaged. And it's like, yeah, we're, we're creating a show. That's why I like I have we'll do it live is because it's like I'm getting to post that content up there about something I'm really passionate about with my friends and it's Star Wars. And and then it, it lives on like it hits, you know, you save it down and it's it's good to it's there. And it's like, OK, now I'm stockpiling. I'm creating content and uh, it doesn't require as much post, which is what I'm my point is like getting bogged down in post-production you, you can just it just take it's just too much time so it's such this, a life away yeah you know it's like it's like the machine from the princess bride i just sucked one year of your life away <laughs> you know? exactly yeah yeah and, and to like be able to sidestep that and to try to do it in such a manner that is polished enough that it looks like hey this this looks like it was well produced and, and edited and uh it's just a matter. We're just like still. We're in the very obviously. We're in the early stages of this. We're getting uh, one subscriber, maybe two a week if we're lucky. But we're just just forging ahead, and we feel like we're working out all the technical issues and uh, the structure of the show. Some days we'll play it super loose, and we'll end up with like a two-hour show, and we're all over the map. But Aaron and I are having fun, and Ray, we're having fun. Um, and then sometimes we, we're trying to like uh, hone in on to get from like you were saying earlier connect the dots point a to point b to point c yeah. and uh, just trying um, to find that that happy that happy place here, here's my question though wampus are, are we having fun <laughs> yeah are we oh, okay, i mean how do, how do you define fun it's just it's it's, it's, it's all relative yeah honestly yeah um yeah i, I look uh, to be honest with you i think this like i think this whole youtube thing is a fad yeah. It's gonna go away tomorrow, so you know. <laughs> oh Vimeo, that's it, that people. <laughs> I got a bad um, feeling about so, this. So, uh, so Aaron mentioned that he and I met. I think it's earlier than you and you said in the intro because I moved to Chicago in 2007. We had already known each other, so um, you invited me to see you in your band. I couldn't make it, and therefore I was like, and I didn't get another chance to go see you. Um, but then we were thankful years later that we've had this incredible phone 
email relationship without even seeing each other. It was kind of almost yeah. like it was like it was epically long, like yeah. having like having like your like like a really good friend via like almost like a correspondence for like, like, like pen a pen pals, pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. But we met. There's actually a Star Wars connection to the night Aaron and I met. Okay, and it's really fun. I don't get to tell the story much, so I enjoy this. So and um, you won't now. Cut them off. Yeah. Click. Oh. <laughs> uh, so roll uh, credits. We, um, <laughs> we had a mutual. We had, Aaron wrote a and fill in the blanks here for me, Aaron, because it's been many years. I think it's 2003, 2004. Aaron had written a, a movie script or a play. I think it was a script. That right? sounds nothing script. like Aaron. I know. I, I want to say 2006 because I think my son had just been born. Okay, let's go 2006. And um, I think it was a movie, and uh, we had a mutual friend, and there were extra parts that had to be cast for like for minor a table things. read. For a table uh, read, for Aaron wanted to hear it out loud. He's recording it so we can hear how it sounded. And so his mutual friend, our mutual friend, recommended me to come in. And um, in the first half of the, uh, so my bigger part was in the second half of the piece. But in the first half of the piece, um, I had one line, and the line was, "Hi, Jake," and it was the neighbor of the lead guy. And it made no sense. I couldn't figure out what to do with this line, right? So we're at this table, and it was coming up on this part, and I had no idea what to do with this. But I w it, was a, it was a really nice room. It was a good room. I was filling out the room. So like, you know, I'm going to take a chance and see if I can make this guy laugh. And so I say the line like this. I say, hi, Jake. Like, I'm attracted to Jake. And then Aaron goes to one of his, Puh! one of his laughs like that, like he wasn't expecting it. <laughs> and then he makes a reference to I know it that every laugh. break. And then, um, and then, so I knew I was like, okay, this guy is okay. But, uh, but I had to talk to him. I said, I got to get this guy. By you know, most actors would be like, I want to meet this guy. I want to get in touch with this guy. I want to make sure he knows who I am, make a good impression, so this guy will put me in something. But I had a different agenda. So he, um, we went to the washroom, and he was just washing his hands. I think because if he wasn't washing his hands, it's creepy. So let's just say he's washing his hands. Okay. And we're in the bathroom, and I, uh, I think I opened the conversation with. Um, so you're a, you're a Star Wars fan, huh? And he's like, well, yeah. How, how did you know that? I'm like, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious, man. You have characters in this show called Jake, Natalie, Liam, Ewan, <laughs> Ian. I mean, this is the Phantom Menace. It's the entire cast. It's the entire cast yeah. of Phantom Menace. And Aaron's face was like, you picked up. Like, like, how did you pick up on that? And, and so he tells me that he needed to find names. So he just went to the IMDb and used those names as placeholders, and they stuck. That's what he told me. And um, I think that's how our friendship was born, because I totally busted on how – I totally busted him. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. the jig is up. <laughs> so there's always a Star great. Wars connection. It's completely relevant to what it's we're doing. It's fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> classic, yeah. classic Aaron. It's perfect. And, then, and so – and then we um, – it was really – I don't know. It's not Star Wars related, but he and I had this – our first email interactions were were quoting Ernest movies. Do you remember this? We were doing back and forth, making comments about Ernest. Ernest goes uh, to camp. P. World. Yeah, Ernest goes to camp. I know it's no Ernest saves Christmas, but it's a good movie. And that yeah. was, And then they, the next time it's no Ernest goes to jail. jail. But, you know, it's it's good. So we would just beat on Ernest for no yeah. reason. Yeah, and then he died. And, just, and then he died, and that just that just became uncouth. Um, but honestly, I you know, I just I changed that this. joke to you know it's Police Academy Four all over again. That's what you say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I unfortunately don't remember, but I I it does sound like something that oh, we would do completely. Oh, it, yeah. it it still sounds like something we would do. We'd probably just re resurrect yeah. that and be like, didn't we have that conversation before? Uh, yeah. Anyway, 
Love it. So yeah, Aaron's been a Aaron's been an amazingly great friend. Um, Back when the MCU started, I would call him after seeing like the early movies and ask him, okay, what's from the comic books? What's not? Because MCU is not my uh, Marvel comics. I just haven't read 60 years of back when I remember 50 yeah. years of backlog is haven't done that yeah. yeah so he knows his stuff on that too so if you're ever doing a Marvel dad's dad Marvel I don't know what you want yeah. to call that show your spinoff show you could uh yeah what would we call that Marvel dad Mar- Marvel the Mr. Fantastics I don't know I don't know. That's, I, that, I, that sounds like a strip show. I don't know if you want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, Whatever brings know. them in. We just need to bring yeah. in some viewers. The fantastic yeah. thing. There you go again with the strip show. You got a problem. Yeah, no. you got a problem. <laughs> the thing, if yeah. If it's after hours, it could work. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, dad show, dad, dad wars after dark is what you said earlier, right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 They, they're, they're clamoring for da- dad wars after dark. <laughs> Somebody is. Are they, but I, are they and, though? And I, uh, Justin, yeah. I actually worked for the Disney company for seven years. You did. So we have that in common. Uh, Aaron. That in com- I, so I know a lot about Disney trivia as much as I know about Star Wars trivia, if not. Oh, that's more. fantastic. Yeah, uh, Aaron, so we found we found your replacement, Aaron. Aaron was the only <laughs> Aaron's the only uh, person uh, who's affiliated with a show who has not worked at Disney. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brock, what did you do? At, what did you do at Disney and when? I was a Disney store cast member in the 90s. I was uh, in the mall store, and then moving down to the Fifth Avenue store where I sold all the Saracels, oh my production gosh. cells, charger plates, all that stuff. Because I had this trivia, I had this like mind for it, right? So I was working at the regular old mall store, and some guy came in to fill in for someone on vacation who worked at the Fifth Avenue, then flagship store yeah. in New York. And um, he realized, you know, you know your stuff. You'd be great if you ever want to move down to Manhattan. To be in that store, let me know. Yeah. And I was when I graduated college, I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, in the suburbs anymore. So I I, right. I transferred, and they took me right away, and I did great. I had a lot of fun there. I met some amazing people there, and it's a three-story Disney store, right? So, um, and we were in the gallery up there. Um, and if you go online and look at pictures, um, it's an, it was an amazing store. It's it's now closed. Um, we actually had the national Disney trivia champion in that store. He was the manager. He was amazing. He was a cast member before he was a manager because your managers aren't eligible for that. Okay. Um, and I was able to compete in the in the in the uh, lower levels of that competition after he became a manager because I was like the second best trivia guy there, and I got killed. Like I know a he lot. Crushed it. These people know a lot. Like Next it's level. amazing how deep you can go with this Disney trivia. I was watching all sorts of stuff just to make sure I get the names and stuff, and the the way they were able to pull what restaurant was in this. You know, Epcot at this time of year, I'm like, oh, it was amazing. So that is a Disney, that Disney trivia, is that like everything Disney or is it, I was thinking like, what, uh, like, what's the running time of the Black Cauldron? Is Would that be included or would it be like, when did, I think uh, the answer, I think the answer to that was 85 minutes too long. <laughs> You're um, correct. <laughs> um, it's, uh, my kids were just asking me about that because we just watched um, Atlantis and we just watched Hunchback. So two of the other lesser known or lesser popular movies. Atlant- that like, Atlantis. After watching Hunchback, you got to watch Black Cauldron because it's, you think Hunchback <laughs> is dark. You just wait to get the Black Cauldron. I'm sorry, this is not Disney Wars. No, it's, it's fine uh, <laughs> though. We can, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. all, it's, it's but, kind uh, of. A little Disney bit. dads. Um, no, it's Come like everything. You. That, everything you know Disney that exists. It, oh. it has to, yeah, and and uh, honestly, um, 
yeah, there's a Disney dad IG. It, I'm it, pretty sure there's everything in Disney, and it's it's yeah. wonderful, and you can go deep dive, just like Harry Potter too. You can you can go right into that. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. The Speaking point of, I'm trying to make is right. that D- Disney is is wonderful, and I love it, and I love my Disney trivia, and I I consider myself a recovering Disney file. Yeah. Um, but I'm still an active Star Wars nut. Yeah, I see. I see that. I love. I and I feel the the passion too. That's just the fantastic. energy is here. Yeah, the energy you bring it. You're bringing yeah, the energy. But uh, at, you don't have five wumpas. So. Yeah, but did you work at the? Uh, I'll, I'll see myself out. Did Did you work at the Warner Brothers Studio Store? That's the That's the real test. Um, because I did I, I in Fort Lauderdale. You ask that question, and I wish you take it back, or I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> I mean, I used to fold. I used to fold like baby clothes at the Warner Brothers Studio Store part time. You didn't work there. You just would go. In I just would just find a, one of those little folding boards and one of the rolling carts. Well, that's so funny you should say that because we just we, we adopted a cat last weekend and we were at the shelter and they have um, T-shirts in a big rack um, and a, like shelving unit that you can purchase to help support the thing. Yeah. And we were waiting for the paperwork for the cat. And my daughter, who is now 12, um, I started folding the shirts because they were driving me nuts. <laughs> There's no reason these things should be strewn. You're not going to get anyone to buy these shirts. And so I started to explain to her the Disney fold and how, like, if you have Mickey Mouse on a shirt that I was able to do, I got so good at it that I was able to the top shirt of the fold had his ears, next part of his ears, then his eyes, then uh, his nose. So you could see the exact, like, in six shirts, you could see the image yeah. on it. Oh my God. How good I got at it with it's, that damn folding board. Oh, my gosh. And, um, yeah. and I, still, I still got it. I could still do it. It takes hard, It's harder for me now because I'm doing it freehand. But I was doing it, and I told her, look how I got the design exactly. The She's like, oh, my God, your dad has many talents. Of course, if my wife was watching, <laughs> she'd be like, and why can't you fold a shirt at home? Oh, there you go. But- <laughs> that's That's irony. That's irony. Well, you yeah. haven't. You haven't lived no, until irony. you've you, exactly. You haven't lived folded until you folded a uh, Taz shirt the wrong way and getting reprimanded on the floor in front of. Uh, <laughs> I had I had I had an epic Gossamer shirt in high school. He was a giant like the red hair blob. Yeah, with the and, sneakers. And no he had the sneakers. Had, yeah, the, the giant sneakers, and no one had any idea who he was. I'm like, well, then get away from me. I mean, because Gossamer, it's this, it's such an obscure character, and I found this T-shirt at a comic store, and I'm like, I have got to have that T-shirt. Yeah. Because no one's gonna, because everyone loved Marvin, right? But Gossamer. I mean, no, that's on. a that's a that's kind of that's a deep cut. Ray uh, says the Marvel Dad's podcast is called Marvel Men, but even that's a little. Um, we do, yeah, we got to do like a Mad Men opening. That's kind of like Magic Mike Three, Marvel Men. Ray, that's the yeah. best. That's as close as we've gotten so far. So yeah, thank you thank for you. that. Every time Seriously. you say Ray, I think Daisy Ridley. It drives me nuts. Oh really? Yes. Where's Ray? Oh, where's Ray? Speaking of that, this is really good. Really really I'll go in and try to find Ray. The troopers will be on our tail. Ray, Ray. So, so they came out with a six-inch Daisy Ridley Force Awakens, right? Back when the first movie came out, right? Ah, you, the it's a pretty J- good figure. Yeah. Looks okay, right? Then they got the the real scan face technology going on with the Last Jedi, right? Yeah, they figured just it out. Take a look at the difference between the two figures. Hold right? on, I'm bringing you, you see it. Brock Cam, let's go, Brock Cam. Okay, Brock Cam. Oh, this here, is actually here interesting. If we're talking about Star Wars, can we bring it back around? Okay. Yeah. So you got you got the two figures, and see if you can see the difference. I'm going to try to see if I can see it in my own feed. Oh the my! One on the, <laughs> the one on the this one here is the Force Awakens. This one is you can back it up a little bit so you can see it. Yeah. You can see the yeah. real face technology is so much different, and yeah. the even the even the costume is better. Oh. Then they even up the ante more wow. with the, the Rise of Skywalker. 
you, it looks like Daisy Ridley is on my chest. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's unbelievably yeah. awesome. So what's crazy about it is the Harrison Ford ones, depending on the angle, looks like him. The Billy D. Williams new um, Lando Carissian sort of looks like Billy if you have the right angle. Yeah. These look like Daisy Ridley from every angle. Every angle, yeah. The only problem with the Rise of Skywalker figure is it's from the Rise of Skywalker. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Good night, everybody. That's, uh, that's my time. I'll see you later. Tip your wings. Uh, um, so so I, have, I have a question for you about your uh, your book reviews that you do. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Oh. We'll wait till Justin comes back. I'm here. I'm still here. Uh, yes, go so ahead. So my my question for you is: um, you have a fictional book. You have uh, you know the Kenobi book or or Master and Apprentice or whatever, and then you have something like the J. Rin, w. Rinsler books. How? What are the differences in reviewing them? Like, do you have to approach them from different angles? Oh wow, that's like it's like a blue card question from Conan O'Brien. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you have to you have to absolutely do it differently because when you have a nonfiction book, and I realize um, I would call it nonfiction, and and Star Wars is is um, all fantasy stuff, right? But with with like J. Rogue W. Rinsler's uh, making of trilogy, right? Um, Star Wars fans like us, people who know the movies well at any level, well, what you want to hear about is is this book going to tell me something I don't already know, right? So when you have something like the Star Wars Atlas, which um, is also a book that they came out with, or like um, uh, Star Wars characters or weapons or technology or what have you, it is a reference book in Star Wars that is completely fictional, but it's like a nonfiction book. They write it like a nonfiction book, like a, like a textbook. You also have to review that one differently as well, Aaron. You can't just review all the same books the same way, right? Because right. the books, the, the point of the book is to be a reference guide versus the behind the scenes versus a novel. So when I when I review a book, uh, like a novel, um, I try to do it as spoiler-free as possible because no one wants to get the whole book spoiled. Right. I, I try to mention, um, I primarily, is it... Star Warsy, that's a technical uh, term. Does yeah. it feel like Star Wars? You know, yeah. sometimes you hear those baloney people say, "You can hear John Williams' music as you turn the pages." <laughs> no, you, you can't. Uh, but you, but do they have, especially back in the Legends, when they actually use characters we all know, are they actually getting the voices right, right. or are they just like you know? Luke was hearkening back to when he was on Dagobah with Yoda, thinking about how he said this and that. And these characters have the retention of like a Mensa member. Like it's insanity how they remember every quote from the movie when so, they lived a lie. It doesn't make any sense. So what what are yeah. some of the your prerequisites for feeling Star Warsy? Like what are some uh, well, things that you like? You have to have the voice of the characters right. You have to have their interaction right. You can't overquote the movies right. When yeah. you, do a, you do a space battle, you have to be able to see it in your head. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Stackpole, Aaron Alston were the best at that. The best at that. Alexander okay. Freed of New Authors, he had a couple of Battlefront books, uh, links to the video games. He did really well with the action scenes. He really knows how to write a war scene. Mm. Um, there's a trilogy of books now called the Alphabet Squadron series, a brand new series. 
Um, and that's harder for me to see the space battles. It's a lot more character work in there than space battles also, to be fair. Um, you read the Aftermath books, right? I did not. I have them, but I haven't read them yet. Okay. So some of the stuff in there, uh, not the first book, but the last two, they had some really good action scenes. So you really have to make sure you can see the visualize it in your head, right? You really understand it. But like even Timothy Zahn can get it wrong. Like he he wrote uh, one of the new Thrawn books. He had to write Anakin, and he was so excited about writing Anakin and Vader, and he wrote him as two different characters. That aspect was great, but I don't think his Anakin was particularly strong, um, for a variety of reasons. Um, but one of them is that he um, Anakin wouldn't defer that much to somebody else. Anakin knows more than everybody else, even if he doesn't, right? Until yeah. he's proven he doesn't. And I think Mr. Zahn missed that. Um, but of course, Zahn is, is one of the best Star Wars authors. So the answer to your question is, I know I'm babbling and rambling and I can't answer a question in one, set, one word. Um, <laughs> it's it's why that here. Um, you have to approach it as, um, is the story good? Are the characters good? Does mm -hmm. it feel like Star Wars? Does it make sense to what's come before and what's it leading into? Okay. And most importantly, did I want to see how it ended? Was it a slog to get through, right? So you mentioned earlier, Justin, that you had a book on your night table yeah. for six months. May I ask a question? How far are you into that book? I'm halfway. Th I'm halfway through. Okay. So that's finished. a book you cannot put down because there are like, what, 30 characters in there. Yeah. One Jedi after another. And there's like not one character in the High Republic that we know. So... Uh, it's really sometimes like the Alphabet Squadron books, there's there's Harrison Dula is in there. If you watch Rebels, you know who Hera is. Yeah. So at least you know that character, right? Right. At least you have a good idea who that is. But you don't have that in the the High Republic. They they name drop Yoda. That's but he's it. not around. He's like on sabbatical or something. He's off, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. That's the Covenant or something. I have no idea where he is. And you don't want Yoda there because all you would want to do is read about Yoda. They're very yeah. smart, but he's around in that time yeah so um but you need to read that book um faster because there's too many characters that's May I make a suggestion to you that's what I it know is happening again that's what it is um, mark mark thompson uh is the um the audiobook reads a lot of the audiobooks yeah for star wars and especially the new thrawn books he does a great thrawn you were mentioning how mm -hmm. lars mickelson does a great yeah but thompson does an amazing thrawn right so if you're having trouble with the High Republic, for example, getting through it, I especially suggest you get the audiobook mm. because that will help you um, retain a little bit more. You can do it while you're like, I do it while I'm doing Star Wars puzzles. But okay. So the books I review, I read about half the book. I listen to some of the chapters and I read some more of the chapters and I listen to the book. So I get both feels. So I can review both. Okay. Obviously, I'm not going to listen to both, right? So I'm not going to read it and then read it and listen to it, right? So, um, and then Thompson's just amazing with the characters. And he really helps differentiate who people are for you. So when he does his his George Takai as yeah. a imperial officer, and I'm totally on to you, Thompson. I know it's doing Takai. <laughs> uh, oh my! You, you, yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> awesome. He does. He has a Jack Nicholson or Christmas Slater. You have to ask him which one it is. Like he, it, it little hints of it. Uh, so yeah, like, yeah. So you can follow along. So I suggest for the um, that book especially if you're having trouble slogging through it. Yeah. You and and also I suggest you read it. When you have time to read it, not one chapter at a time. That's what so I'm down, doing. Read it pages at a time, and you'll be fine. Yeah, I think it is the fact that I'm putting it down, and then I, I pick it back up, and like you said, there are so many characters, and these there are new, 
there are new character, all new characters and new locations, some old locales, but uh, it's just it's a lot to to retain. It's a lot to hang on to in many many sittings or, or right before bed, and then I read and fall asleep, and then I've probably forgotten what I've read. Yeah. But um, so, but like, can, from- I, can, can I tell? I'm sorry. I, there's a story I have to tell here about Mark <laughs> Thompson. Okay. So I know Mark Thompson. We were a friend of a friend. And you, sir, are no Mark Thompson. And you, sir. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've had lunch with Mark Thompson, the nicest guy, very just incredibly talented, incredibly polite. And I knew he was going to be at Celebration. And uh, he, he and I were talking on Instagram back and forth or whatever. And we are in line and Mark Thompson walks by and I start talking to him. And Brock goes, that's Mark Thompson. I'm like, yeah. That's Mark Thompson. And I've never seen him starstruck before and was able to get him a picture with Mark Thompson. And that was one of my my proudest moments at Star Wars Celebration. Well, they were talking and they were talking and they were talking. And then I realized... Oh, it's that Mark Thompson. <laughs> and like, I've listened to this man for hours, hours. And even with books I don't like, yeah, he is always he's good. The guy. He's, he's the guy. He's the guy. So good at it. Yeah. And he is the nicest man. And yeah. I don't get starstruck. I've met bigger celebrities than Mark Thompson. No offense, Mr. Thompson. And I do not get starstruck. I was completely flabbergasted. Um, similarly, I was in line with Aaron and the company going for the Star Wars Celebration store, and we're finally at the end, ready to go in. And through the back executive VIP section, walks Timothy Zahn, the author Timothy Zahn, walks right in to get access. So I stopped the guy. I said, I realize no one else here knows who you are, or may not know who you are. I know exactly. Because he must, well, maybe (laughs) people do, but most people don't. Like, you you read his books and all his face. I I got a picture with him, got a, right there. He was more than happy. He'd be recognized. It was great. That's great. Yeah, and my if you dad is on it. the radio for Air of the Empire, nineteen ninety one. Really? And so I and I tried to tell him that. What your dad? Your dad did? Yeah, my dad interviewed when when Air of the Empire first came out in nineteen ninety one. My dad had a radio show, and they Star Wars was not popular anymore. So they were doing local, as many whoever <clears throat> expressed interest, and I expressed interest in the book to my dad. Yeah. And so my dad said, let's get this guy on the show. And the guy said, yeah, because Time Magazine wasn't calling until the special edition, right? They yeah. weren't getting the covers of magazines and the internet wasn't a thing. So they did a local radio show. My dad talked to him and um, I got, uh, it was awesome. And um, so I told him like back when you were first promoting Star Wars, um, my dad interviewed you. And he, of course, didn't remember. That's I mean, he did a thousand shows. Yeah. But it was really, he was like, he was thankful to me for telling him that, that it was like really cool that that's awesome. It was really, he really, he really accepted the, the compliment. That's fantastic. Um, it's great oh, when you really meet, nice meet, I guess, meet one of your heroes, right. Or meet someone you well, really admire and they hero. turn out to not, well, you, you know what they say is, well, is singles, Brock, but... Justin and I have a little surprise for you. Timothy, We're going get... to bring in our next guest. <laughs> Christian Slater. Christian, get your yeah. butt in here. No, I wanted to Brock cameo from a uh, Star Trek six, that random Star Trek six yep. Christian Slater yeah. cameo. Yeah. I'm like, that's like almost as bad as the Tyler Perry one. Like, what are these? Come on. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> but then you look at the casting director, Mary Jo Slater, and you Boom. understand why. 
Save it. I'm for, sorry. You were gonna save it, it for Trek Dads. Sorry, Justin, I'm taking over your show. What Go I wanted on, to please. say was, uh, I, I always find it fascinating what lifelong fans like us did during those dark days, those dark, those years without the, without any active Star Wars uh, on, you know, to to look to or to look forward to. There was. There was nothing. And you talk about, like, now we get daily speculation of what's next. There's so much to talk about. But I guess um, from 83 to, what, 90, well, save for the Timothy Zahn novels, there wasn't a whole lot. And then a couple of, tie, you know, TIE Fighter game here and there to bridge that, the, um, that gap, right? But what what was everybody We doing? had the Saturday morning cartoons for a little while, droids and the Ewok. That didn't mm-hmm. stick with me. That wasn't good no. enough. That wasn't Star Wars for me. Not enough. That, that, I, I always say that's not my Star Wars, and that's something that's <laughs> yeah. become something we say a lot. Um, I couldn't watch those yeah. shows either. They yeah. weren't made for us. They weren't made for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But so, yeah, That. but speaking of Timothy Zahn, he really did take – Take it, take it seriously, and uh, presented it as uh, as this. This is still a really important uh, mythology, and let's let's keep it going. I don't know the backstory. You probably do. I, I don't know how he wound up with that, but um, and Aaron's blowing in the breeze there. Um, Timothy Sorry, Zahn was... um, had a major responsibility to bring Star Wars back after finally five years. You know, they, all those years later, they finally said, "Okay, you can continue the story." Right. Right. And it, it was considered a dead property. Now the other. They did have the West End games, role-playing games, right? They did have a, the D&D kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that and that was some of the stuff you can get. My my favorite Pet Shop Boys song, West End Games. West so. End Games. <laughs> West End Games. And then um, I remember I was in Baltimore visiting my brother at school. We were in a comic shop, and they had um, Empire Strikes Back trading cards for a nickel apiece. Wow. Okay. In a box, and I only had Jedi because I was I collected Jedi cards out of the pack, but I didn't collect Empire because I was too young. Mm-hmm. And so I was going through there trying to get all the doubles out and just getting all the ones as I could. And the guy, the the, the comic book guy, looked at me like I was crazy. Like, <laughs> why are you spending so much time looking through these cards? And I just take a whole damn box, right? And um, he um, he said, you know, they're writing new novels. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, they they finally authorized a novel. It's coming out next month, and that's how we heard about it. Timothy Zahn's book, the wow. comic book. Yeah, it was amazing. And um, and then the, those books came out once a year. It was 91, then 92, and 93. Mm-hmm. And so what I did after reading the second one was I went to Barnes & Noble and picked up the Han Solo Adventures. Um, and I picked I up did, the Land I did the same and thing. Tr- yeah. Mm-hmm. There was like a... The Mind's Eye and the novelizations. Yeah. The Han Solo yeah. Adventures was that the one it was like uh i had it like uh i still have it somewhere like there's three stories in one book right or yeah yeah Hold it's on. like a little uh so they had three different covers right here's the han solo's revenge which is arguably the best one that's the original paperback there cover, we go right? yeah what you're talking about is this one that's the one i have yeah yeah a lot of us have this one it was five bucks a 15 dollar value only 4.99 wow what what a bargain <laughs> and um so I read this book three or four times through, right? It's great. The first two yeah. stories were wonderful. Uh, Brian Daly was the author. He also wrote the radio dramas, if you recall. The mm-hmm. NPR, which is another thing we had um, in between, I believe. I think those came out, though, around the movie time, though. And the Jedi one didn't come out until the 90s. Right. Um, but um, so that's what I did to fill in the gaps in from between the book two and three. And after The Last Command, which was the third book in that series... 
they came out with a whole bunch of books in 94. They had like three or four novels and they started the Kevin J. Anderson books that year. They had Truce of Baccarat that year. Wasn't the um, Jedi Academy book trilogy part of that? Correct. That was the Kevin Anderson books. Whereas in yeah, yeah, so yeah. after after Zahn's trilogy completed, they knew they had something, right. and they started doing like four books a year, um, more or less. They had a hardcover book, and they had like a bunch of paperbacks every year. Now, what was the? Um, oh my gosh, I can't. I know. I can't remember the name of it now. But it was a book, and it was a video game, and it was a soundtrack, and it had Prince Zizor. Well, I'm, I'm glad Shadows. you mentioned that because I was going to bring that up later when we talked about the High Republic. So um, in, in 1996, they did the first cross-media event mm-hmm. that the High Republic is very similar to called yeah. Shadows of the Empire. They actually had, yeah. they had a book, they had a video game, they had the comic, they had action figures, they had a soundtrack. They had basically everything but the movie. And um, actually, there was something on this recently because it was like 20, 25 years since that happened, right? So they actually did a whole expose on it or somewhere. Something someone did that recently did a, a, a retrospective on, yeah, on that whole thing recently, and I can't remember where it was. It's on YouTube, it wasn't us, it's yeah, on but, YouTube, yeah, it's on YouTube. Somebody did it, yeah, he and did a really good um, job, uh, really good job. And they actually had a behind the scenes how it was made book, too. That's like Rinsler, we're bringing it around, yeah. it was like a Rinsler book. Um, I have it here somewhere, uh, I don't know who wrote it, I can't remember who wrote it, but move the wampas, you'll, it's, you'll find it. That's that's my uh, <laughs> Move the Wampus. That's my second album's name. Hold on a second. Um, it was a big seller. It was huge. It was huge. In, I can't in find Guam. It. Hey, don't knock Guam. It's a big market. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the T-shirt. Don't knock Guam. <laughs> anyway, so and the point is that that was the first time they did that. So High Republic is very much similar to that because that's... that has everything, but they don't have action figures yet for that. They don't have a video game. They don't have a soundtrack, but they have. They're trying to cross over into different levels of novels. They have adult novels that came yeah. out wrong. Adult, uh, novels for adults. Yeah. Um, and then young adult novels and then junior novels, comic books. And I think there's some short stories too, but I haven't read those. Yeah, it, that's what it. That's what I was feeling. That's what I was saying earlier. It feels like the plan is a marketing blitz and then just fill in the blanks with content. And I, I, I maybe that's just I'm being cynical because it's probably well, well, thought out uh content well, that's funny right? you should say that because i don't know if it is it's too early to tell how well thought out it is. it's a wonderful idea yeah right? and the issue that i brought up earlier about not knowing the characters <clears throat> is a very real one like in i mentioned earlier michael stackpole and aaron alston they did those x-wing novels in the 90s legends if you haven't read them it's a really great series especially the first uh especially both series but both authors definitely read those if you haven't read them yet I digress. The point I'm trying to make is in the beginning of those novels, there were so many characters that had a cast of characters. Mm-hmm. And then for novels in the um, the New Jedi Order series, that 18 book series, they had a cast of characters in the front. All they have to do, and I don't know why they're not doing it anymore, for all of these new books, including um, the Alphabet Squadron books and, and these High Republic, if you put a cast of characters in, their names, what level Jedi they are, and their Reese. You know, they're they're a Wookiee or if they're whatever. Yeah, that would be helpful. You know, because it's hard to track. I, it's really I don't hard think to track. They ha- I'm pretty sure they don't have it. No, um, like a I'm... like a glossary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it, what's so hard about that? I mean, it, did they put it in there finally? Because we all complained. No, they didn't put it in there. Something else that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was those little like uh, flash animation, like the the 
the like intro to the characters of the New Republic that was either on YouTube or where was I seeing this or Instagram? I don't know. But did you you know what I'm talking about? It was like one or two minute little vignettes. All they did was they just like grabbed the Photoshop layers and moved a couple things around and like they would it was just a little explainer. Kind of like what we're talking about now, like who's who, but it was in it was like oh, little yeah. Little set, they little vignettes, that. and it was not on Marvel. Marvel.com does that. Like, if you want like a primer on who Black Panther is, you can get that. It's it's yeah. like a motion comic kind of thing. It's it's like that, but it's like yeah, it's slow. Uh, like the production value, the the illustrations are lovely, but like just everything about it just seems like rushed, and it's not. It I don't know. It's not helping. Yeah, yeah I understand. Um. Understand. So um, Ray, really quickly, Ray asked, when did the Dark Horse comics start coming out? As I remember it, it was um, Dark Empire came out about 91, 92, mm-hmm. right around there. And then they um, and I remember because they had to have come out around then because when Anderson did his trilogy, mm-hmm. they had Jason and Jaina who were in Zahn's trilogy, but they had a third kid who was Anakin. And that was the baby from Dark Empire. They tried to bring in Dark Empire into the continuity. Okay. That's wow. how I remember it. Wow. Um, no, what... so that had to be, and then they had Tales from the Jedi there, and then they had that's uh, right, nice uh, uh, Sith Lords and the Old Republic. I remember the titles of them. I have them all back there, and uh, yeah, right around there. And that artwork, that artwork was great. But that's another good example of so many new characters, and if you don't keep <laughs> up with it, you're going to get so lost. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, but I think we, yeah, we have to be, uh, we can't rely on. Um, just having all these familiar faces and names and places all the time. I do like when they explore these new worlds mm-hmm. and we get to meet new characters that eventually become, you know, favorites. And so, yeah, shame on me for not, I feel like I need to get ahead of the curve and like embrace this high Republic. And like, we'll eventually we'll have some like Ahsoka Tano's in there, or some, you know, like some different characters that grow and evolve and, and stick to Canon. Like they get used, um, regularly. I just, I don't know. Um, mm. yeah. Aaron, what do you think? It's uh, all, well, you think it's a, all, I, go ahead. I have a question for, uh, Brock, uh, kind of bringing it back. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Smart guy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, so you, you're obviously, uh, a huge fan of star Wars and like you Never said, fans, yeah. um, we're done with this right now. Go to commercial. Come on, Aaron. Get it going. Um, <laughs> what do we got? So, yeah. for time, strange. So you said before, we're huge fans, and Star Wars was kind of all-consuming for fans like us. We we wanted to know everything about it, uh, behind the camera, mm-hmm. as well as what we saw on screen. Right. J.W. Rinsler wrote these incredible books, these incredibly detailed books. Mm. What What were some things that you found out through his books that you didn't know that surprised you? Um, I wish I prepared. Um, so <laughs> um, we interviewed him on the show and uh, the thing that took away, well, it's a loaded question. I wish I had like five. Li- Aaron, I wish you had. Just give us one. Ahead of time one answer. Something like that. I don't have like a list of stuff. Um, okay. It has been many years since I've read it, to be honest. Okay. I'm actually rereading the making of Empire Strikes Back on my Kindle reader. Mm-hmm. And I'll get to that in a second. Um, but, well, first of all, we never had a making of Star Wars before, 
right? So they gave him access to everything you could possibly want in the archives. Yeah. We've had the making of Empire Strikes Back. There was this, there's a book um, I'm sure you guys have heard of called um, Once Upon a Galaxy, The Making of Empire mm -hmm. Strikes Back, mm -hmm. which his, Rinsler's second book, The Making of Empire Strikes Back, does rely upon. Yeah. You can actually see great portions of the book, and he calls it out. Mm -hmm. um, and then Return of the Jedi had a more definitive one because um, they have everything from Return of the Jedi and they had how many behind the scenes documentaries yeah. and, and making ofs and uh, classic creatures Return of the Jedi TV specials. There was plenty on Return of the Jedi. And then when they got to the Phantom Menace, they had the whole thing chronicled. They made a documentary while they were making it, which yeah. we've all seen on the DVD, which was remarkable, right? That amazing documentary. But Star Wars never had anything like that because nobody knew it was going to be anything. <laughs> yeah. So what Rinsler did was he went into the archives and he found, gosh, he found the original treatment. That was amazing to read the original treatment of um, Star Wars and those and the notebook pages called the Star Wars of the Journal of the Wills and the whole thing. And and remember he would say Lucas would say when he wrote the prequels, I have you know the whole outline of the backstory. Yeah. But it really is just like two lines of mm -hmm. whatever it was, and. Uh, the compromises he had to make and the story is is legendary but what you want to look in there is the storyboards did you ever see the storyboards of the x-wing in that book the x-wing sequence is mm -hmm. um is mind-blowing yeah. um we all know the story how they didn't have enough money for the cantina blah 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 blah. that stuff i'm not talking about that stuff we know yeah yeah, yeah. this this Common. book tells you the the hoops they had to run through to get even the most basic thing um now we know this a lot but um I think the first time I read it was that um, Lucas gave everybody like a quarter of a point um, because the movie made so much money. And so mm. Alec Guinness felt he had to come back and do the sequels because <laughs> Lucas made him a millionaire from like a quarter of a point. Yeah. He felt obligated to come in. Yeah. Um, and, and they filmed him for like one day for both movies, right? Right. And, and that's the first time we ever saw a Force Ghost sit on a log that's actually there. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what what you have is um in, Empire, in Return of the Jedi's Rinsler book, and I, I do remember this very well. Mm -hmm. If you watch The Empire Strikes Back, and you read that book, by the way, and you see the there's a whole thing about Kirshner and um, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford during the, the famous scene and this carbon freezing scene. There's a whole dialogue. Which is also right from the, the book that you're talking Once about. Once Upon a yeah. Galaxy. And it's, yeah. it is like worth the price of the book alone. Right really? There. Yeah. Um, oh my God, yeah. Because Pepper with all the great photos and the great behind the scenes stuff that you're not going to see anywhere else. Get the book for that. Photographs alone yeah. is worth it. But, but, yeah. but the cool thing about Return of the Jedi is so you guys have talked about this on the show before how Gary Kurtz was not around, right? Yeah. And so Lawrence Kasdan, they, they had script meetings like late. They had, we're already in pre production. They're still trying to hammer out the script. Mm -hmm. And Lawrence Kasdan made, wrote like a 268 page treatment or something of the based on all the story ideas. And there were compromises after compromises made to get this movie made in the time frame they had to get it made. Yeah. To, like they, they just made a whole bunch of masks. And they asked, okay, um, Admiral Akbar, uh, how about that guy? We like that guy. And that's how Admiral Akbar became Admiral Akbar. They just made a whole bunch. They didn't have any script. They had no idea what to do. So yeah. they just started making creatures. And you're just like, oh, okay, that one looks like uh, <laughs> And I'm like, to us, Admiral Akbar is so iconic and so important. Yeah. And yeah. to these guys, it was like, oh, the fish guy. We'll use the fish guy. It'd be great. And it's like, what? 
and that kind of stuff blows your mind. Or, or you know, you've watched Return of the Jedi a thousand times, and you see that little squiggle next to the Emperor's face, right? Yeah, right, right. I'll yeah, talk about, they call it the Emperor slug online. Yeah, yeah. Little, little animated black dot that they kind of took out of the special edition, but it looks way too straight. Mm. No one knew what the heck that was. It's in Rinsler's book. It's actually in the margin. I looked it up. Get out, up really? Sure. Yeah, it's right there. It's because the lighting was so bad in the close-ups. Lucas had a hissy fit. Well, that's not the word they used in the book. Um, he had a problem <laughs> with it, and they just um, and they put animated uh, blackness over it so it would look better um, because wow. it looked really bad. Because if you watch, as I was going to say before, if you watch The Empire Strikes Back and then you watch Return of the Jedi, it is filmed like a TV show. Return of the Jedi is not filmed as well as The Empire right. Strikes Back. It yeah. is clearly not. The shots are set up very basically the overly lit. Yeah. Um, somewhere online, I read years ago that somehow the the the, the lived-in universe of Star Wars, um, the Empire, got a big shipment of Windex and everything was shiny. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, it's 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 markedly different. And this book, Return of the Jedi, explains basically what we all thought before of why the script is fine, why the movie is good, why a movie is not. That the challenges they had about shooting a stationary puppet like Jabba the Hutt. I think I think the, of the three books, Star Wars is so much information that you didn't have before that you can't possibly remember it, and you should reread that one every five years because there's so much information in there. Right. The Empire Strikes Back stories have become stuff of legend because it's well documented, and Return of the Jedi, the access that they gave Rensler and then the permission to print all of it is yeah. unbelievable if you read the indiana jones book of uh, the four movies and one that runs the road that aaron has on his shelf behind him right um it's a completely different book you can totally tell his hands were tied there's just not enough stories there in that book it was like we only have so much space we're not doing four different books yeah and it was really you talked about something being a promotional push so all the stuff on um I'm not sure if you guys, there's a rumor there's a fourth Indiana Jones movie out there. And um, they're they, filming uh, now. They, they maybe are. I'm not really sure. I get confused. And they have a whole bunch of photographs they took of these fans who look like Indiana Jones, older and stuff, and older Marion in the back of that book. And it's all promotional crap that you really don't care. I didn't learn anything in that book that I didn't learn in the documentary that's two hours long and that DVD set of Indiana Jones. Right. Right. I, but if you read these Rensler books, you're going to learn more than I can possibly sell you. So if, if Aaron, if you actually did ask me that question ahead of time, so I prepared for it, I don't think I could answer that question because I'm not going to sit here and read a thousand pages again just to answer that question. <laughs> it's impossible. So I don't know why you're yelling at me. I'm on so your side. Because you, you, because you pack me into a corner. You make me look like a fool. And then and then what do you do? You say, you know what? You don't have all this time, Brock. Why don't you read a thousand pages worth of stuff, man? I backed you into a, so, a corner with four wampas. So long story short, he was a very comprehensive author. Like this guy did the yeah. work. He did the work, and like. And he was an editor for Star Wars for a long time. A Star Wars, um, I guess you would call reference books. Okay. Before he actually got a chance to write, but yes, he was able to go into the archives, get the access that no one's ever had before, and um, and I mentioned earlier, I'm rereading The Empire Strikes Back on my Kindle reader. Um, in case you don't know this, or maybe your people who watch the show don't know this. Um, they're recently on sale too. They're, they've dropped in price. The actual hardcover books, or I think the paperback books too, but I only have the hardcovers here. Yeah. Of these, um, they actually have audio clips and video clips yeah. in the digital versions. 
So even if you own the book, you can hear Harrison Ford talk about this. But um, the one I was, um, I don't think it's a good idea for me to hold it up to my microphone so you can hear it. But um, uh, Lucas and the evolution of his role from writer director to writer producer on the second Star Wars film. That's fine. But how about Frank Oz talking about how you develop the character of Yoda? Yeah, that's great. And I, I, and I hear it right from his mouth. Wow. Right? Come on. Yeah. Um, and so they have, um, they also have in the Return of the Jedi one, you have um, footage of them on the cell barge out in California. Okay. Um, yeah. Like from an off, from an off angle. And like, there's doing like, you know, the like fight they, moves, right? Cut, do it again. Blah, blah. And it's like awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's that's like a stuff. great camera. It's that's remarkable. the good stuff. Yeah. So get the, get the video, get this version as well as the hardcover books. Um, J. W. Rinsler is, um, not only did he comprehensively study it and put it together in a way that is tells a good story, because you can just throw a whole bunch of photographs in a book and people would be happy with Star Wars. It would sell. He actually yeah. told the story of this, right. um, and he told it well. And for people like us who think they know everything, we don't. <laughs> and I've read this book, and I still don't know everything. Wow. Um, you know, if I, I know I'm talking at a clip, but... There's something completely relevant. Do you guys remember in the 90s they had a thing called Behind the Magic, the DVD, the CD-ROM? Yes. You know, uh, it sounds familiar. And you can click on it, and they actually had the script, and you can click on the script, and you can see scenes from it. You can. It was awesome. It was like, it was uh, what you thought was everything you possibly could want, behind-the-scenes information about Star, all three Star Wars movies. Yeah, did they they had the big scenes? That was the first time the scenes with Bigs had yeah. been released. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was right. the you first time. The Cammy and the Cammy and, and um, uh, what's Vic- his name is uh, Victor, whatever that's that. Fixer, Fixer. Fixer yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said Victor. I'm like, it's not Victor, <laughs> but also, oh yes, Andrew. Yeah, it was Victor, um, and Doctor Shivago, and so um, and that was really cool too. So, regardless, um, you thought, oh, I read, I I went through that entire CD-ROM, and I just ate it up with a spoon. I couldn't get enough of that. I thought I knew everything. And then Rinsler comes out with the making of Star Wars and you realize they just scratched the surface on that thing. Yeah. It's unbelievably wow. great. Um, so if it, the man was gave us a gift of these three books. Everything else he did is great and important and wonderful. And he did good, good bravo for him. But um, he also did this one. He did the making of uh, Revenge of the Sith. It was his first time he wrote a making of mm. instead of editing. He okay. edited the myth making one for Attack of the Clones. And this one is more of a promo piece, right? This one's much more, it comes out with the movie and yeah. whatever. It's not, it, it's not as in the depth deep dive. And, yeah. So did you see, as, Brock, did you see the, what I flashed up earlier um, is the only Rinsler book that I have in my collection that I'm, that I could remember, but I'm going to hold this up here. Do you know this? Oh. The Star Wars. Is that the comic? Yeah, he's yeah. he's the uh, he wrote the script for this, and they translated it to a graphic novel form. It's like the early draft of Lucas's. Even one of the characters looks like George. You see. Hmm. Yes. But it's I beautiful. It's a hard hard cover. I was like, I think he wrote. I think he wrote that graphic novel, and he did. But I also ordered the. Um, I just ordered the sound of. The Sound of Star Wars. Is that what that's called? The um, it's a foreword by Ben Bird, and it's how they how 
They wow. came up with the music. You've got it. You've got it. And I bet I just paid a lot more for my copy that's on in the mail than you probably paid for yours. I don't have that one. I don't have that one at all. But um, and I it, thought I had the comic. I read that comic. I got it from the library. I didn't get it. I didn't buy it. Um, sometimes I play the long game on comics. Usually the comics. Wait um, for the trade. The, the trade paperbacks yeah. usually go on sale pretty easy. Or you can go to eBay and get like a whole collection. I have a whole bunch of the Clone Wars ones I got on eBay. Yeah, like, like in a set, because someone you know. That's how I got the a, Dark Empire comic. It's a trade. I didn't buy the. I don't think I bought the <laughs> single issues. Yeah. I knew they were coming out. I mean, I I was there as they were coming out, obviously, but I I waited and got the uh, trade oh. on that. But um, the sound so one, I, I like. I'd be interested in getting that one, but um, you know, I I've been very verbose on today's show. Um, if you think that's I'm why verbose, you're here, just, <laughs> just 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 wait till you hear Ben Burt start talking to men. Oh, Ben Burt, you do sound. Um, he just like goes, he just goes. Yeah. I met him once briefly and, um, I was just kind of poking. I was just kind of looking at him. <laughs> it was just like, that's the guy that like shaped our childhoods, like yeah. hand in hand he with is. Lucas. He really, I, I made fun of him a little bit, but which is very clear here. Um, that man is an absolute bonafide genius. Absolutely. And he, has, he has shaped American culture in ways that you don't even possibly imagine. My kids know what a Wilhelm scream is. Yes. <laughs> since they were like four, because it's on everything. It's yeah, on everything. Yeah. Watching DuckTales. They do DuckTales. It's in there. Like, they'll throw it's it in everything. There. And, yeah. And my son beams like a Christmas tree every time he hears it still because yeah. they feel they know a little secret. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And now it's being used as an homage to Ben Burt because all these people working today grew up on all his films. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's amazing. And you've seen the mashups on YouTube of the yeah. Wilhelm screams. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's in our, it's in our show open. I don't know if you've heard it. It's in our show open and it's, yeah. it's but definitely a nod to Ben Burt. You have a show open here. I didn't, I, I didn't know that you have a package that you put on the show. <laughs> yeah. we. <laughs> your packages are great. They're really, oh, well, thanks. That, came out, that came out wrong. Um, your, your, your video packages are really, I really appreciate good. that. Like Aaron's, Even worse. Aaron's blushing now. No. <laughs> well, such a yeah. awesome tribute to, uh, Jonathan Rinsler. So yeah. Brock, thank you for that, man. Really appreciate that. I, I hope I, I hope I was able to justify, uh, what I'm trying to say is that yeah. uh, it, it, if you don't have these books yet, get them. If you don't have them and you can't afford it because they're really expensive because they're out of print, Get the digital ones. You won't be regretting it. Uh, the pictures aren't as big, but you still get some great stuff. And um, if you have them already at home, um, I'm gonna I'm rereading it now, the Empire one. Um, but reread it. It's it's great. And that's the kind of thing, Justin. Yes. You can put it at your bedside table and read a little bit <laughs> at a time. Yeah. And not like a novel. You can't read a novel that way, but you I can read know. a nonfiction book that way. I have this one here. This is really fun. Um, my wife gave this to me for my birthday one year. Star Wars year by year. Oh, cool. They, Hold on. Let's they go have since come up with it, uh, an update of it. But it goes through every year of Star Wars. And then in the dark times, as you mentioned earlier, what was yeah. going on. And then historically speaking, what was going on in the world. So they would talk about Shadows of the Empire in 1996. But also, you know, I don't know, whatever world thing happened. I'm not a historian. Uh, the point is, like, it puts it in context. Okay. And it's the kind of book you can read a year or two at a time, quote-unquote, put it at your bedside. This thing was sitting at my bedside for, like, yeah. four months. I have Star Wars 365 is another book like that. It's 365 pages. 
It's a book. It has great photographs in it and those behind-the-scenes stuff on it. That's a bedside table book, not a novel. Not, <laughs> I've, not I know I've done that. it before, uh, <laughs> but it would be like, you know, the, uh, the definitive Thomas Jefferson biography where it's just you've got the main character <laughs> and some supporting cast. That I can get through. This this is on another level, this High Republic, and I... Do you mow your own lawn? <laughs> I, I did up until uh, less than a year ago, and we have a full-time service now to do that because there's no... there. I'd be burning all the the hours I could spend with the kids, you know, big piece the of The reason I asked was because... Audiobooks, right? Audiobooks. Yeah. I have to confess, when I mow my lawn, I wear my Darth Vader cape. Get and, out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Does it billow? It just kind of billows? On a on a windy day, it's it's uh, intimidating. Let me tell you, yeah. <laughs> the grass just leaves the, the on grass, its own. The grass just goes into the ground like an inch because it's so scared of me. Just like don't yeah. don't cut me, it goes right back there. <laughs> it's Brock Vader. Yeah, I'm just I'm just totally kidding. Although my senior year of high school, um, this was in the dark times. Yeah, and I got a Darth Vader mask from the back of the Star Wars fan club, and um, I got a Dracula cape. And I put down the big thing that was in the top and put it underneath. And I had the Star Wars mask book from when I was a kid and had a Darth Vader panel. I basically made a homemade Darth Vader costume. And I took the, you know how matchbooks have those, like, you know, they slide out that little piece of cardboard, the little uh, matches have the outer container and it slides out and the matches are inside. I took two of those, painted them black and put the little computer things in this belt and put in a little, you know, like, um, note to self kind of like a uh, tape recorder <laughs> and I put the Imperial March on that and I didn't put the breathing noises. I should have done that, but I put the Imperial March on that and put it in my belt fit perfectly and walking down the hallway in between classes. Cause we had to dress up for school. Right. And I played the music blasting out of my belt as I walked down the hallway. Um, <laughs> and it was so much fun. My, and Cause I had the height at that point uh, as, as a senior in high school. Oh uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, and I won like most realistic costume. Oh, great! Right, because nice. it was like it was insanely stupid that you know, who's who's dresses as Darth Vader in like the I early just, 90s. I'm you know? so glad. Yeah, I know you did it when it wasn't really cool was at the time. Cool? Yeah. Now it's it's widely accepted to do this to do the cosplay. Wait. I just thought that story was going to end with uh, a locker and a Letterman <laughs> jackets. <laughs> Yeah, even on Darth Vader, I still got stuff in a locker. <laughs> no, you you said you're you're six you're six two. Like you probably weren't yeah, getting I'm messed with too much. That's the only Justin, thing. Justin, you you've dressed as Vader, right? I did. I did for Disney. I did for. You had uh, a real costume. You know, yeah, yeah. It was it was the costumes. They just kind of repurposed. There was a a, a live Star Wars stage show at Tokyo Disneyland, and they re they brought those costumes back to America. And repurpose them at MGM Studios for Star Wars, for Star Wars weekends, and uh, I was one of the Vaders for the Jedi Training Academy before it became like, uh, before it became an official thing. It was just kind of a low rent. Let's throw your this son, your son, here. that video with your son at the Star Wars training video, Aaron. You've seen that video, Justin? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That was that was remarkable. that was around that time. Yeah. Yeah. His son. And you all haven't seen this, but basically. The lightsaber wasn't working, so Aaron's son went like this with the force to try to, to, try to push Vader away. With the force. It, was, it was brilliant. Yeah. What's a, the oh, thing that's, so that's cool. amazing about that is he was three, yeah. maybe four. He was so uh, small. 
the look on the instructor's face yeah. was of astonishment. Like, I can't believe this kid just did that. And I actually have photographic proof because, you know, there's the Disney photographers. <laughs> so I have a sequence of events of him trying to open it, hand up the guy's face, like in complete shot. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was fantastic. And it's just like, that's the, I wish every kid would do that, but no one has clearly. And that was just what, that kid was so into that at that moment. <laughs> that yeah. is so awesome. Yeah. My son was obsessed with Mace Windu because of the original Clone Wars cartoons, the uh the micro uh, series. Yeah. Yeah, because of that the one of him just taking out all those battle droids. He he loved that. So he had like a Mace Windu lightsaber that he had around the house and uh awesome. he, yeah. Yeah, he just loved Mace Windu. Speaking of that, in the Rinsler's book you will read in the original treatment Mace Windy is the name of the character that eventually mm. turns into either Luke, Obi-Wan, back. I can't remember who, but Mace That's Windy right. was all the way back in the day. I've so heard when Mace that Windu before. got named in the prequels, it was a big deal for Lucas to finally put it. And Padawan is in there too. Yeah. Um, it's remarkable how early he had some of the idea, at least the names. Uh, Utapau was uh, was going to be Tatooine for a long time, I believe. And someone can correct me in the feed if I'm Amazing. wrong. Amazing. Um, it, like he had some of these things that he put back in the prequels, he finally got a chance to use. I love that. Um, I love that and that's stuff. Kind of, and that's the kind of stuff you read in Rinsler's books, which is just awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Um, mm. God, okay, we could just talk all night. We have to. Well, Aaron did ask me to <laughs> if I had books that I would recommend, and I did. Yeah. Search on that. So um, there's. So in case people don't know or don't care or whatever, or a combination of both, um, there's. Um, there was about 20 years of Star Wars books before Disney bought Lucasfilm. And since they wanted to continue the story in a lot of the same time periods, and there's too many characters and things to, to deal with. And at that point, they were like 40 years beyond Star Wars, the original Star Wars movie. It was really far out. Luke and Leia and Han were old men and women, right? Mm -hmm. And they had kids of their own who have died and things. It was really you know, tragic. Um, they decided to reboot the whole thing. And it was a wise choice to do that. So that stuff became legends. And a lot of the characters um, that us longtime fans really love are no longer in circulation. But ones like Thrawn came back in. They're picking and choosing the characters they want to bring in. And ideally, one of these years, we'll get Mara Jade back in. Obviously, she won't be Luke's wife. But um, it's a really great idea for a character. Yeah. And so, I'm, I'm putting money on that appearance, that I hope they yeah. do somehow figure it out. Um, Talon Card can stay away, but they should put in Mara Jade. <laughs> How about um, Dash Rendar? Well, again, you can bring in Dash somehow yeah. easily. You can put him in a cartoon, not a problem. Yeah. There's no re yeah. really no reason you can't have Dash Rendar in there. And his Outrider is in a special edition, right? So you can have it done. Um, so I, I made a list of top three books of the new canon that are my favorites that I think also are great books that if you're kind of curious on Star Wars novels, you don't have to commitment or you don't have to worry about um, reading a whole bunch more books. Like, mm -hmm. so if you read Aftermath 1, you're going to have to read both 2 and 3 afterwards to get the complete story, for example. That might be your choice, but I think when people ask me, what book should I read? Where should I start? Well, there's no good answer to that because do you really want to start reading 35 books? Is that's a big right. commitment, right? Um, so 
with the High Republic, they're trying to do all these different things with combinations and stuff. A lot of these first new books in the canon were there to um, make the movies, uh, give in additional information towards the movies, or at least that's how they marketed it. So they have um, a Rogue One book that took place right before this, the uh, things of Rogue One, the uh, the happenings of Rogue One. Yeah, the events. Uh, Ursos, right? And yeah. they had um, a they had a book Ca- about... Catalyst uh, was the... Catalyst, that's it, right. It was James Lucino, I think, did that one, right? That's over yes. there somewhere. Uh, great Star Wars author, by the way. He wrote some of the best. If you have um, the Darth Plagueis book that he wrote, is now Legends. It is a legendary great book. Um, that man does his research. James Lucino was one of the greatest Star Wars authors, in my opinion. And a really nice guy. We had him on the show a few times. He's a really, really great guy. Um, and so a lot of these books were supposed to give extra information uh, towards the new movies, like the journey to... And I found that was completely lacking. They clearly didn't have the access or the scripts to really give us information that we wanted to see. So it was really the Phasma book was supposed to inform us about Phasma. And it, it, it didn't, in my opinion, work. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that being said, um, one of the best Star Wars books, I know Aaron read this one, I think. It's called Bloodline by Claudia Gray. And it takes, it's about Princess Leia and how she decides to, you know, a new rebellion is needed, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really good. And it really does inform you on how Leia got to be the general of the resistance for um, The Force Awakens. So it really is worthwhile reading. It's also easy to read in this that it's Leia, so you care about Leia. Another good book is called Dark Disciple. This came out really early in the new canon. And it's about Asajj Ventress and um, Quinlan Voss. And mm-hmm. um, it was basically, it was based on scripts that they didn't get a chance to use for the Clone Wars. They have since gone back and done season seven of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I have not seen that yet. I'm still on season five of the Clone Wars because I find it very difficult to watch that show. But that gets <laughs> a conversation for a different day. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I have not watched the Bad Batch as a result also. But this is really good. And it talks about um, the journeys of the Jedi and how easy it is to go dark and light. And uh, both Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress. And yeah, she's it's a, a love, fascinating it's a love story. An unexpected love story. And it's a phenomenal book. Christy Golden wrote that one. She's a very good Star Wars author as well. I highly recommend that book. That's also a one-shot. Surprisingly, okay. my third recommendation is the Ahsoka novel by E.K. Johnston. Johnston's. I have it. And I'm halfway through it. It's really good. It's good. And it's a it's a young adult novel, which is bonkers that I would recommend that over a, a adult adult novel. Yeah. I don't want to say adult fiction. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the, the point the point is, is yeah, grown up fiction because um, Harlequin, it's, it's a really great characterization of Ahsoka. So and I'm what reading she's doing after the Clone Wars. Go I ahead, got sorry. that for Eloise, my six year old, and we're re- we're reading a chapter at, here and there when she's interested and uh easy for her to follow. And you're right. It the thing about it is when you get to uh Clone Wars season seven, which I have faith you will, it there are some similarities between that final chapter of her story there and this book, and I think they lifted them from this novel. I was I, I'm not sure exactly, yeah, because this came out, season seven came out, I think well after, after the Ahsoka novel. After the book, yeah, it's uh, and the audio book is read by um, Ashley Eckstein. Um, Eckstein. 
She does read it as a. And she does as yeah. Ahsoka, and then she does other voices as well because there are other characters in the book. But it's oh, great that Ahsoka's voices. It's really worth oh, checking man. out the audio for that particular. Yeah, title. that's great. I'm glad you recommended that. I've been. I'm wanting to ask you something for uh, at least an hour now. Because you did, you you kind of halfway answered my question. You were you were explaining to the audience how we went from having all this expanded universe stuff that just kind of got um, what what's a nice way to put it? I was going to say just, hard to navigate. And, yeah, and but it just kind of got swept under the rug, like and, oh, and now you're legends. So what are your? How do you feel about that? Having been uh, such an avid reader of Star Wars novels all these years to have all these characters that you know being kind of discarded or filed away. Um, of course, like you said, Thrawn, he's just such a popular, prominent, he was such a, a force of a character, no pun. But, of course, Filoni's going to pick him and, and use him. But what about all these other situations, events tie on the timeline that are now like, see ya? Like, what do you think, what are your thoughts? What was your initial reaction when they uh, sorted those, uh, those uh, into legend? Well, um, keep in mind, when it first happened, we haven't had the sequel trilogy yet. Like, we didn't know what was coming, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, and I'm sure you've read online, there are some really, really livid, livid fans. Like, yeah. people who deny um, the new canon and only want the legends. And it's really, like... Yeah. It... I, I don't, I, I'm hesitant to say... It's behavior we're seeing a lot of in the last couple of years on a grander world scale of people just not, not accepting um, certain <laughs> fact, um, but they're begging and pleading and threatening and complaining about, you know, Star Wars fans can be very vocal. They're not feeling like being treated fairly. Yeah. yeah. And um, and those us, us loyal book fans, uh, there was a contingent that felt that way. Um, I spent 24, 25 years reading these books i still they're like my, my trophies behind me i spent so many hours i've read most of these books i'd say of the books i've read i've read at least three quarters of them twice at least mm -hmm. right i've read out of the empire can't tell you how many times right so <laughs> yeah. it, it's it, they i had so many great memories of these books do i think they need to reboot it absolutely it was getting so hard to keep track if you missed i missed the Darkness Trilogy by Troy Denning. I missed it. I just didn't get a chance to read it because I was behind, right? Because it's a lot of books. And then you read another book and they're referencing it. And so it's really hard to keep up with if you miss one book, you got to like, it's it's challenging. Yeah. And so um, when Disney got the license and the first thing they said was we're going to make new movies, how on earth can they possibly sort through 25 years of books when people who've read them can't do that? It's, it's not fair. Um, the fact that they keep bringing in characters from there and they're picking and choosing it is the way to do it. Um, yeah. So I, I'm fine with it. I okay. I love those stories. Some of those stories I did not like. There are some stinkers behind me right now. Um, <laughs> the New Jedi Order is an amazing feat that they put together, but I don't recommend that series to anybody. There are some books in there. My favorite book of all time is in there, a Star Wars book called Star by Star. And you listen, it doesn't pay off unless you read the books before it. Oh, wow. But it's remarkable book. I couldn't, I was, I was crying reading that book. It was so good. Wow. Um, because, uh, of what happened in that book. Um, so why would I want to trade that for anything? So do I suggest people nowadays pick up all these legends books? 
No, you can pick up the good ones and there's still good stories. Just understand that these are, you know, like, um, like what if now people understand the multiverse now for the first time, the, the general public is understanding the multiverse, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not <laughs> a hard concept, but yeah, they've, they've, they've uh, introduced it to uh, the, the, the wider audience. Exactly right. So now think of it as the multiverse of Star Wars. This is one way it could have happened. Kind of like the end of Clue. That could have happened, but maybe yeah. it happened this way. Yeah, and and that's and that's how you can think of it. So no, I have no problem with it. I'm very very happy about it. And um, my recommend, I also made a recommendations of legends stories that I think people can still enjoy today. Um, obviously, the, the Thrawn trilogy is completely worth reading if you haven't read it before. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the first and considered the best. It's very well written, very very good, very true to Star Wars. And it still works all these years later. It's like 30 years old this year. Is Air of the Empire yeah. 30 years old this year? And there's a 20th anniversary book that has annotations in the margins of Timothy Zahn's thoughts about writing the book and stuff like that. Totally worth picking up that version of the book. Um, but yeah. is that for all three or just the first? Just the first one. Okay. It's completely worth getting. It's, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's still in paperback. Um, because it's Heir to the Empire. It's just a classic, a Star Wars classic, I should say. And the reason they brought Thrawn back was because he got killed off, spoiler alert, from 30 years ago, so quickly in that series. And he kept on finding new ways to bring the character back and bring him back and as best he could, right? Now they have, he's written, he's written, uh, written, here I said written. Um, <laughs> Timothy Zahn has written five books and a sixth one's coming at Thanksgiving about Thrawn. Because he has a new license on this character he could never do because he killed him off. And it's given new life to a character like that. We are so I am thankful that we are able to get such great books. And on Rebels, Thrawn was a force to be reckoned with on Rebels, right? I mean, come on. So yeah, what they're doing is is the way I would I would hope. I think it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. So anyway, that's um, great. Some, that's great. Yeah. That's great. You're you're uh, you're a very diplomatic fan, and I I I asked that because I, I noticed there had been a lot of vitriol like aimed oh. at at uh, Disney for making those decisions, but they had to. I guess they had to make the decision. What if they never did announce like, or, or do the fans demand we need to know what's what's in and what's out? Like, I wonder why they made that declaration. They made it pretty early. Well, um, Lucas also said, I'm not going to be beholden to anything. Like, um, when there was fiction written for the Clone Wars and the novels, and then he did stuff and stuff for Clone Wars, whatever, or the car, whatever, it, it, he can't possibly read everything. He, why should he? You know, he, mm -hmm. he, uh, and, and some of the stuff didn't fit. Some of the stuff still, still doesn't fit. The, the new canon, it's, you know, it's not perfect. A lot of different authors, a lot of moving parts. Yeah. But a lot of these new books are really there to push product, as you said earlier, like just to pr promote the new this or that. There's a Black Spire book, right? There's the promote yeah. um, Galaxy's Edge. Um, the Oculus thing you were talking about earlier, the um, yeah. the, Vader's, the Vader's thing is supposed to be really great. It's supposed to be really, really great. Um, but uh, I don't know if you have to go to Galaxy. I think it's Galaxy's Edge. You can just get that game. I don't think you have to go to Disney to to do that VR thing, by the way. Okay. Anyway, before I forget, um, <laughs> we had mentioned it earlier. Uh, Kenobi, uh, John Jackson Miller's Kenobi is a must-read if you're a Star Wars fan. So good. It is probably going to be, 
if they don't base some part of the TV show on this, they're insane. Wow. Okay. Um, John Jackson Miller wrote it, but the problem is, what I understand, uh, he's there to watch over a young Luke Skywalker, and we just saw a whole two seasons of that um, with The Mandalorian. Yeah. So they're going to have to go a different direction, right? Yeah. But there are aspects of this book. It's basically, you know how they always say Star Wars is like a Western in space? This movie is like an actual Western. Sorry, this book is like an this actual book. Western. Okay. Yeah. Instead of the Native Americans, it's the Tusken Raiders, right? Yeah. Instead of, instead of Shane, it's Kenobi, like okay. the old-fashioned gunslinger running from his past. That's, you know, the book. It's like I, I said in my room, it's like the movie Shane or the book Shane Yeah. in Star Wars. And it's exactly that. And it's such a good read. It sounds um, fantastic. When did that come out? When did that – when was that published? 2014, 13, maybe 13. Okay. And, you know – well, that's it's, pre. That's pre Disney. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This it's is the. Legend. These are the his legends picks. This is my legends. Pick. Oh, this yeah, is still this legends, legends pick. Okay. No, this is legends pick. This is my first legends pick. My number one legends pick besides obviously Air of the Empire, 2013. Okay. Um, so I have the hardcover. Completely worth watching. Reading. Completely worth it. Um, oh yeah, then, I know that cover. I've I never read it, oh, but it's, it's amazing. So, um, and then there's a really fun one. It's like Ocean's Eleven in Star Wars. Called Scoundrels by Timothy Zahn. Um, a you lot of that one. A lot of fun. So I these are one shots because again, yeah, a lot of these books are like three or four in a series. And um, there's a Star Wars a noir series. There's like a detective series if you want to read something like that. There's um, called a uh, Coruscant Nights. I think it's actually called Coruscant Nights. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. A, there's a lot of good Tatooine days and Coruscant Nights. I'm telling you, baby. Um, uh, USA Network. How about uh, real, real quickly? Did you read the uh, Tales of the Bounty Hunters like anthology novel? I did. I did. I read all three of them. I the, read. Um, I re- actually read that while I was in college. <laughs> it's it's fine. Um, there's yeah. some good stories in there. Um, but like any other short story collection, they did a couple. Of, they've done two short story collections so far. Um, from a certain point of view, if you have you heard of those? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they did one for Star Wars, one for Empire, and they actually the audio books again have some guest stars mm-hmm. on there. And, you know, there's 40 different stories, so it's – you win some, you, you lose some. Yeah. Um, but the, actually, one of the series I've never read, there was a Bounty Hunter trilogy by K.W. so I forget his name. Um, Jeter. K.W. Jeter or something like that. Okay. And um, I never picked those up because um, I never heard anything good about them. Mm-hmm. And I have the entire collection behind me. Like, of all the books here, I've read almost all of them, like maybe like a dozen I haven't read yet. And and I have never picked that series up because I've never heard a good thing about it. And now it's Legends. It doesn't count, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go back and read that one because yeah. I've heard nothing good about it. Yeah, so I don't kind have to. Bust uh, but the, the Tatooine, the one I remember the most is the Cantina one, the Moss Eisley Cantina Tales. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was um, That's the one that really stands out more than the Jabba's Palace one, more than the Bounty Hunters Bounty one. Hunters, yeah. I need to just real interject real quick. I have to use the restroom, so I'm gonna Let's, go use that. You guys keep talking. Yeah, yeah we, I got. We I, you. you can go back. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. Actually, we're, yeah, and you have you have to go work at Disney for a while before we can bring you back into this. I think, but yeah, oh, hurts. do your thing in a or if you can. He can't wait. We're, we're men of a certain let's go, age. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, but I mean, and there are other books that are, I mentioned earlier. The, the new Zon books. Uh, the new Zon. Um, the first trilogy of Thrawn books. Um, Alliance, a Thrawn, then Thrawn Alliance, there's Thrawn Treason. The best part about the Thrawn book is the um, 
the woman from Rebels, the commander who was in charge of the Imperial forces. What's her name? Uh, her name. Um, Price. Yes, Prince? Price. Yeah, um, with the she, with the severe haircut. Yeah, it's her backstory too. Oh, right? really? How she became. Yeah, I know, right? So it was a what a treat that was to find out how she came to oh, prominence. That's Empire, awesome. Right? Yeah, so like he was able to use that, and then um. Alliances I didn't care too much for, but it was a really great idea. It was like how Thrawn had uh, interactions with Anakin Skywalker and then later with Darth Vader. And so he figured out it was the same person, or at least he was looking for, con he was fishing to get confirmation of it. But then, like, it, it, it was a really good idea. I just didn't care how it was executed. Um, yeah. And then he brings it back around with the last one, um, which was good. The treason with it, it returned to form, but the two new ones, the um, ascendancy books, the um, Thrawn ascendancy books, mm -hmm. are really great. It's when he's still in the outer, um, the unknown regions, and in, in Chiss space, and Thrawn's, you know, working his way up, and it's 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 great stuff. Um, Timothy Zahn is, is he's really found his stride with this series. It's really good. So how old is um, he now? I don't know much about him. What, what is... I, I can't, if he's like, if he's like 65 or 70, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, can look it up. You know, we have this, uh, I can look it up now, but I, I have no idea. Um, but you know, there's so many authors besides him that I can keep talking about, but he just happens to write some seminal things, right? He's 69. Okay. He's still got some um, life left in him. No doubt, but you know he's found new life with this stuff. Um, Jim Rinsler was what late fifties when he passed, right? Yeah, um, fifty-eight. I, yeah, something yeah. like that. So, um, I I do want you to um, I I do think the High Republic needs a little more time before you can judge it. Um, yeah, and the young adult book um, complemented the adult adult book, the the first one especially. So it, it, you don't have to read all the comics and all the young adults to keep the story going. You can actually read it at the level you want to read it because it's designed that way. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, totally check it out. Uh, give it give it a better chance. I think. I think. I will. I don't know how to read. And I, I read a I read a couple of chapters in anticipation of talking with you, and I was I was thinking I was going to have this burst of energy and um, get all the way through it and be able to have a, a more a fuller discussion about that first novel. But uh, to your point, good not to to spoil it for people who haven't read it. It's it's only been out for since January, right? And they were, yeah. they have two books, they have two novels in it now. It's it's way too early to tell really where it's going, and and give it a chance. They have an idea. They have a yeah. I don't know how long it's going to go. I don't know how I don't know how well it's selling. Um, I don't really know. So it could, you know, it could fizzle out at the next book. I don't know, but they yeah. already have books planned. So we will find out yeah. what they're going to do soon enough. It's um, more Star Wars, right? You can't, you got to give it a shot. <laughs> well, I think we do. We're Star Wars fans, right? So we're, <laughs> we have we're, to, we're going to watch anything they put in front of us and, yeah. and for better or for worse. And we're going to have opinions on it. And the beautiful thing about this, you know, think about it this way. Star Trek had the original series, and in the 80s, they had the next generation, right? So the entire generation of people who didn't like watching the old 60s show or the cartoon from the 70s, which is really great, by the way, um, <laughs> got a chance to watch the movies and the next generation, right? And then they did one too many shows, I would say, mm -hmm. um, spinning off from generations, right? They had Deep Space Nine, and they had Voyager, and they had um, Enterprise, right? And they tried to reboot it, and this and that, and they had Discovery now. They... They divided fans in a similar way that Star Wars fans have been divided today, in my opinion. Yes. Trekkers can be just, you know, which Star Trek they prefer, where they came in, what they prefer, and uh, Kirk Picard, blah, blah, blah. 
it's very similar to the fans nowadays with the sequel trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Is yeah. which ones you grew up in the original trilogy, which ones you grew up with, which ones you care more for. And there are things in the sequel trilogy that are great. There are some great things in the prequel trilogy, but I will always defer to the original trilogy because I grew up with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a it's a property. It's a this mythology has now lasted uh, s- several generations, like mm-hmm. you're saying, and everybody's coming in with different experiences, different levels of nostalgia. Where were they? Who were they with? Uh, what what was happening in the world at the time? And yeah. um, I think in the like the original trilogy, I think it just it blew people's minds in that they'd been experiencing all this hardship in the 60s and 70s, right, with the, the political climate. And, like, it came and just, like, it just brought wonder back to humanity, to put it. I mean, that's one way to put it, right? But, and then I, the way the other movies rolled out, like, the, sequ- the sequels could look more like a, a cash grab if you really wanted to be cynical about it. Uh, the prequels are George maybe going for one last dip in the pool, like for his retirement, you know. <laughs> well, I, there's a, there's a, there's, I mean, I know you wait, we want to stay positive on this show, right? Uh, we, as, we, well, critical we thinking is Star welcome. Wars, not yeah. damn it, right? Yeah. But there's that whole theory that, you know, the prequels, you know, he has, his wife owns part of the original trilogy. His wife doesn't own, his ex-wife doesn't own any part of the prequels. There's a whole thing about that with the special editions and why we don't get the original trilogy movies in the Rebola. Yeah. Uh, the sequel yeah. trilogy, um, as divisive as The Last Jedi is. Um, it's the closest thing we're ever going to get to a classic Legends EU novel on screen. If you have read the 25 years or wherever long it is of books that I have behind me, and you've read Luke Skywalker's characterization as he grows as an old man, it makes complete it 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 makes complete sense why Luke Skywalker was the character he was in the Last Jedi, and and interesting. Think about, <laughs> it. think about it. The, the, the man was trained by uh, very briefly by an old man who was in hiding, and then he went to a an, a another old dwarf, uh, <laughs> on, on a swamp planet who was also in hiding from defeat. And yeah. so he learned that when I'm defeated, what do I do? I go into hiding. That's what he learned. Yeah, he went how, to... how would he not learn that? He makes a mistake. What does he have to do? He has to go into hiding to preserve the blah, blah, blah. That's what he knows. And 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 the proof of the pudding if that actually works. That that is actually why it's a good characterization. Is one of the only things I liked about Rise of Skywalker was what did Ray do when she felt like she failed? She tried to go into hiding. Yeah, exactly the same thing. It was completely justified. Um, and and people wanted Luke Skywalker to be the same hero he was when he was twenty years old. He lived a life in he those thirty life. years. I'm not the same person I was. If I was the same person I was at twenty one that I am today, how could I possibly be? A person? <laughs> Does that make You'd any still be sense? wearing your Darth Vader costume from high school. Well, actually, the wife did request that. I should probably get on that. Uh, but, um, <laughs> whoa, a little racy here. Whoa, how about a whole lot of after dark. Here we go. Yeah. This is I mean, when the... A, she prefers that to me wearing the, the Leia bikini, so I can I understand that. So, anyway, the point is that there's a lot of stuff to like. You can find it. Yes, there's the Kanto bite sequence. Yes, there's the pointless... Poe Dameron story in, in the Last Jedi, but Can't, there's also some really great stuff in there if you if you look for it. So yeah, um, Canto Bite was have... a uh, Canto Bite was a prequel. Now we know it's a prequel to the Galactic Starship um, yeah. adventure or event at uh, at at Magic Kingdom or sorry talk, Hollywood talk Studios. Talk about doubling down on the most popular scene in the movie. Huh? <laughs> they really, <Yeah>. gosh, <laughs> you know what They're I want. In. 
You know what I want at this hotel? I want to be able to sleep in a tauntaun. Like I want them to have a tauntaun bed. Yeah. Remember how years ago they made like some company was a uh, Think Geek made finally made I, the, uh, the tauntaun it. sleeping bag, right? Yeah. They should do that. They should have like a hoth room, and you can sleep in like an ice cave, and quote unquote, not yeah. like in Iceland where they actually have like a James Bond dinosaur. Yeah, like, but, like an ice hotel. Actually, like, have theme room. maybe they have well that. that's what we know. were they they we, that's what we were talking about last week was like you need to dirty it up it's too slick it's too yeah it's too canto bite it's too elite like uh what arms dealer <laughs> like i don't know it's too it's like the class of star wars that we're not all fond of we like the we like the down and dirty and like the scrappy people that maybe have to you don't have a lot of resources but you're going to this experience and you're uh, it just kind of immediately, what? Who? Who are these people? Like, who am I surrounded by? Yeah. People who can Aaron, afford this. Aaron, you look like you want to ask a question. Cover price. I, I do. I just looked at the time. Justin, yeah, we is got... it like <laughs> next Tuesday over there? It is, and I've got so much work to do tomorrow. I hate that I have to do that, but let's okay. um, let's let's get back together with podcasting's Brock real soon. Um, I I feel like we've we've just hit one little. Uh, sliver of like this whole you know this whole thing we can be talking about yeah and i'm uh, yeah i did way, a show is, this morning are gonna, and are you gonna paypal me or venmo me the the fee i was, we're gonna pay you pay you in wampas i was doing western union i just have to go to the <laughs> grocery store <laughs> yeah <laughs> why are me the money all right so um but man thank you so much for brock for uh really bringing some insights and some in your yeah. star Wars experience to this I feel conversation like I babbled the entire time. I feel like a schmuck for it, but then again, you asked me to come. So yeah. it's, on, it's on you. It's on you. And, and you should. <laughs> Aaron, um, never what? meet your heroes, what? Aaron. Aaron, what? That's just mean. That's just cruel. I mean, that's how you treat all your guests. I'm not coming over next week. Okay. Forget it. <laughs> oh, we'll see. <laughs> We'll so I'll talk to you tomorrow then. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, Justin, it's um, it's been a pleasure meeting you. Um, keep it up, man. Keep it. Thank going. you so um, much. Yeah, you've powered through this technical stuff, and um, for the most part, <laughs> bring it on. Just keep going with it, and you know what? If a show is ninety minutes one week instead of three hours, it's okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> what? What's why is Aaron laughing? Because it's funny. It was a funny joke. I made a joke at your. I was complimenting you, and then I did it back. It was uh, like a Don Rickles kind of comment. Like I kind of backhanded you in the middle of a compliment. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. Just fun. It was just fun. Um, it's good. It, it's good. Know. Sorry, I was. I was prepping to out the show, and I was pretending to pay attention, and I missed something good. I'll watch yeah. it on the replay because we'll have a replay. Not everything has to be Lord of the Rings. Okay, make it shorter. What? <laughs> yeah, my Rickles doing a Lord Rickles. of the Rings <laughs> <Yeah>. reference. That's <laughs> and the little wild. guys with no shoes. What's this? They're gonna hurt their feet. All right. And this time I saw that much hair on feet, it was B. Arthur. Anyway, Akmina. All right, I'm guys. Sure keeping it Star Wars. So, Brock, right. anything you want to promote before we go? That would. It's only. Uh, that's the only payment we can give you right now. And also, I want to put uh, your Rickos. Uh, in the description and any links you want to uh, supply us. Right, but uh, right, what do you right. get? What do you so, have cooking? What do you have cooking? All right. So we will have a new Star Wars action news as soon as possible up on SWActionNews.com and iTunes and Podbean and well, wherever it is. Like everywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts, wherever fine podcasts are found. Awesome. Um, I don't think Podbean, but other places. And then um, 
And then, of course, our flagship show has now become the flagship. Our original show, first show was Star Wars Action News, but we have um, Now Playing Podcast, which is our movie review podcast at nowplayingpodcast.com. You will find something there that you will like. We'll listen to that on your on your home turf, man. Thank you so much, Brock. Um, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. All right, friends. Uh, and lest we forget, uh, until next time. There we go. May the force be with you. Go out with Qui-Gon. All right, fellas. All right. Take care. Do they have pod racers? Do it live!